The Conservatives, who remain one seat short of taking overall control. The Lib Dems there lost two seats on the council. UKIP had a strong showing across the council's counting tonight and gained one seat in Broxbourne from the Tories. Elsewhere in Hertfordshire, counting takes place today for Three Rivers, North Hearts and Watford councils, plus the Watford mayoral election. Counting also takes place in Milton Keynes, where all 57 seats on the council were contested following boundary changes. The European election results won't be announced until until Sunday evening when polling closes in the rest of the EU. In other news, an independent Muslim school in Luton has been criticised by Ofsted inspectors for promoting fundamentalist Islamic beliefs. It's possible the Olive Tree School could be closed or taken over by the Department of Education. More from Tony Fisher. Chair of Governors Farisat Latif said the inspectors visited the school looking for anything that could tarnish their reputation as a Muslim school. He said Ofsted is now punishing the school by portraying it as a hotbed of extremism and nothing could be further from the truth. An Ofsted spokesman said they'd shared a draft copy of the inspection report in confidence with the school and its conclusions will be published shortly. A golfer is in a serious condition after being hit by lightning in Hertfordshire during yesterday afternoon's storms. The man in his 60s was airlifted to hospital after being struck on the course between Watford and Rickmansworth. 20 firefighters tackled the blaze in the roof of a house hit by lightning in Stukeley and residents were evacuated from an old people's home after a lightning strike in Houghton Regis. The US Coast Guard says it will suspend its search for a British yacht in the Atlantic Ocean at the end of today if no sightings are made. Mike Perham from Potter's Bar, who became the youngest person to sail around the globe at the age of 17, says it's a tough call. I'm not the one out there coordinating search. You know, these guys are very experienced. They do this every day, um, you know, managing search and rescue. And so, you know, when, when they've really, really exhausted every possibility, that'll be the, you know, the time to finish the search. I mean, they, it can't go on forever. In Sport England's cricketers have made a winning start to their five-match one-day series, beating Sri Lanka by 81 runs in a rain-affected match at the Oval. The weather, early showers clearing to leave some sunny spells, but the showers will return, possibly heavy and thundery by this evening. A maximum temperature 19 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties we'll just keep our fingers crossed ah. bbc three counties radio's big tour of beds hearts and bucks the friendliness of a country village it's all about where you live oh here for life now got everything i want really and all this week we're featuring wendover i've lived here since 1966 it's just absolutely great it's just it's got so much to offer the big tour of beds hearts and bucks bbc three counties radio stopsley in the name of love before you break my heart well that button works okay I think we're we're working thanks to Kelly Betts there who uh, really acted like a a trooper and you basically turned the computer off and you turned it back on again. Wonderful, wonderful. That's all it takes. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up on the show. We'll have the latest election results as they come in, but don't worry, we'll have fun stuff as well. Paul Scoynes finally earns his salary today. Is coming up. Oh, yeah, no, loads of stuff actually. It's quite busy. Uh, the head of an independent Muslim school in Luton says an offset report accusing the school of promoting fundamentalist Islamic beliefs is full of fabrications. And also, well, here's an odd one Alan Carr or Alan Turing, you decide who should have a statue outside a gay club in Milton Keynes. Did I actually just say that sentence out loud? 
08459 455 555 is the phone number. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, yesterday, I, I've just got to say, at the start of the show, there was uh, some controversy. If you remember, Kelly, it was a uh, controversial start to the show. Um, there was a lot of talk, excuse my language, about uh, bum grapes. I know, I know, I know. And I did say yesterday it was the producer's uh, um, role to uh, keep the tone of the show at a decent level. Yeah. And I said if, if there was any trouble, then um, uh, Catherine Boyle, producer of the show, wouldn't be here today. Mm-hmm. Tara's producing. Morning, Tara. <laughs> so that's, how, that's how it works. So that's how these things work. She, she didn't live up to a, a job yesterday, and so she ain't here today. Now, uh, a big story. You may remember a few months ago on the JVS show, uh, we spoke to Abdul Qadir Baksh, who's the imam at the Luton Islamic Centre. As part of the conversation with the former leader of the EDL, Stephen Lennon, he told us he was also the head teacher of an independent Muslim school in the town called Olive Tree Primary. He then disclosed uh, to our presenter, who at the time uh, was Ollie Mann, that in an ideal state, homosexuality was punishable. For me, when I say ideal society, I mean an Islamic society, not you know, a Western secular society where we live here at all. But you and are every, here. I want to say, every Muslim, moderate Muslim, holds this belief as well. But ideally, would you one want second, it to be an Islamic society? Now, when I say ideal society, I mean an Islamic state. We are not in Islamic state. We're far from Islamic state. But, however, this is the teachings of Islam, and this every moderate Muslim holds that these are the punishments in an Islamic but state. That's, that's now, concerning. No problem. Is, in an Islamic state, yes. You can state, be yes. concerned, and you can, you can criticise it, you can disagree no, with but it, I, you can come home. Well, following those comments on BBC Three Counties Radio, a snap Ofsted inspection of the school was ordered by the Department for Education. In the unpublished draft report, inspectors criticised the school for promoting fundamentalist Islamic beliefs. Uh, my producer, Tara Gungafal, joins me now. Tara, what does what, what did this unpublished report say? Well, an extract confirmed as being accurate by the Chair of Governors, Farah. Latif, Ofsted inspectors harshly criticised the school for promoting Salafi fundamentalist beliefs and rated the school as inadequate. Um, and that is a possible prelude to it being closed or taken over by the Department for Education. It went on to say it fails to prepare its pupils for life in modern Britain as opposed to life in a Muslim state and that its library contains books that are abhorrent to British society and their depiction of punishments under Sharia law. Now the report argues that some of the books in the children's library contain fundamentalist Islamic beliefs. Some of the views promoted by these books, for example, says the report, uh, are about stoning women and that they have no place in British society. Uh, what does head teacher Kadir Bak say about this? Well, he won't come on the programme to discuss this as he does not want to be seen as leading this. He does say, however, that the report is full of fabrications. Um, he says Ofsted only saw a few books. He says they missed a wall of diversity and a list of assemblies as well. And about the book that Ofsted refers to, he says, according to Islamic penal law, both sexes are subject to stoning. It's the law of oh, Islam. OK, OK, fine. Okay. Right, cheers. Uh, and it was on the top shelf. Um, oh. We don't teach these things in the school. Those books don't get used. He also said we're an independent school. We're not subject to all the national curriculum requirements. Uh, sex education at the school, what did he say about that? Well, he says they're not against gays, uh, saying that they have rights like everybody else. We don't even teach it. These kids are too small for this, uh, he told one of our reporters. He says Ofsted came down and straight away started talking about this. Uh, he claims that they were extremely insensitive and they thought the senior management were trying to teach intolerance. Now, 
Now, he told us when he came on BBC Three Counties Radio to take part in a discussion with the former leader of the EDL, Stephen Lennon, and that interview went on for 30 to 35 minutes. But he says only a seven-minute clip was mm. put on YouTube, and anyone watching that, an individual could take on that clip in its own context. Mm. Um, so he did describe that as a problem. But, he but, said, but, he did, but the, the things that he said are in that clip. That's, it, it's, it's, it's not kind of edited to, to change the words that were said. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's what he said. Yeah. Um, but he says it's a witch hunt because of that report and there are many people who hold those views in this country. Um, he says the school has written to Ofsted and has solicitors involved in this issue. Um, the school was sent a, or rather the school has sent a 30-page dossier to Ofsted countering the claims that are made in this report, which as yet is still unpublished. Mm. Um, he says, we would want them to come back for a re-inspection, but not with these inspectors, instead with inspectors who he wanted, as he described, um, that they should understand our way of life. What is Ofsted uh, and the school saying officially? Well, in a press release entitled Ofsted's Revenge, written by the Chair of Governors at Olive Tree Primary School, uh, Farisat Latif wrote this. The Ofsted inspectors visited the school looking for anything, absolutely anything, that could tarnish our reputation as a Muslim school. They produced a half-baked, highly politicised report replete with factual inaccuracies and based upon an inspection that was abandoned halfway through. Reading with the fact that parents forced the inspectors to leave after they quizzed nine-year-old children about their attitudes to homosexuality without parental consent, Ofsted is now punishing the school by portraying it is a hotbed of extremism. Nothing could be further from the truth. Contrary to Ofsted, our library has a selection of books on all faiths, as well as various children's fiction and non-fiction. For example, Roald Dahl, George Orwell and Anne Frank. And an Ofsted spokesman says that we have shared a draft copy of the inspection report in confidence with the school for factual accuracy checking, as is our standard practice, and the final report will be published shortly, but we don't know when that shortly is. Some of those rolled Dahl books are pretty uh, unpleasant. Ooh, I tell you, there's lots of... Yeah, terror, lots of these... Lots of this is making me quite uncomfortable. Uh, but the thing that, that, that is striking me is that books... The books, the books contained... Uh, where, where's the phrase? But the, the library contains books that are abhorrent to British society, but we don't censor books in this country, do we? we do, do, we do, do we judge a, a, a school by some, some of the books that it has? Well, actually, interestingly, some libraries don't stock some books. They choose not to stock certain books really? because they might not agree with what those books are portraying. That's... That's interesting, isn't it? Because their, their book, we should be allowed... I mean, this is different because it's a primary school and obviously it, it can have a great influence on the kids. But we should be able to read what we want to read, shouldn't we? And then make our own informed decisions. Do we censor books? Well, we, we do, uh, wow. really. We do censor books. But you Gosh. can usually get those books that are censored somewhere else. I live in North Korea. I didn't realise. Uh, Tara, thank you. Fascinating stuff. If you want to have your say on that, 08459 555555.
Whoa, Rod Stewart? What, what on earth's going on there? We don't want Rod Stewart, we want the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Heading past Heath and reach the A5s close at the moment, just at the Flying Fox roundabout. And actually some recovery work that's taking place. There was an oil spillage earlier on this morning. Expecting delays on the M1 Luton Spur between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood roundabout and Junction 10 for Luton Airport. Major roadworks are continuing there, often causing delays through the rush. So far this morning, looking at the trains and not seeing any reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed, Nicola. Oh, man, it's Friday, huh? Yeah? Be very careful, Kelly. You know I read everything that's written on a screen. I cannot process. 6.16, it's Friday, the 23rd of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The UK Independence Party has made major gains in local elections with over 70 new councillors, including one in Broxbourne in Hertfordshire. Five councils in Hertfordshire have already declared their results. St Albans remains under no overall control. Labour held Stevenage and the Tories held well in Hatfield, Broxbourne and Hartsmere. And an independent Muslim school in Luton has been criticised by Ofsted inspectors for promoting fundamentalist Islamic beliefs. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show. Nine o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me to take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start we don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person who can sort this out. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio.
Uh, the Beach Boys and Darling, you may have heard uh, the mysterious sixth member of the Beach Boys there. That was Paul Scoyne singing in the background. Good morning, Paul. Good <laughs> morning. Hello. Yeah, that's right. How I know it, I know it's been a, a busy old night, but before we get started on this, where are my headphones? Uh, they're in Castrol. <laughs> Thanks very much indeed. Now, more than a third of the results have been declared in the annual council elections, with the UK Independence Party making significant gains at the expense of all the main parties. Local election results in our patch have been trickling in overnight. Paul Scoynes, have you been up all night following this, Paul? No, but I woke up quite early. I think I woke up around three and I couldn't really get back to sleep, so I, I made the fatal error of starting to look at my phone and just seeing what the p- picture was across the patch. And at that point, I thought, oh, well, I might as well just start and uh, plough on. So, I, 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 yeah, I'm going to go to bed after this. <laughs> you sound absolutely shattered. What's been happening? What's going on? OK, well, um, yeah, I think, you know, we have seen... Uh, that pattern of UKIP doing well across our area. We've only had five councils uh, declared so far. Uh, We've only got councils voting in Hertfordshire and in Milton Keynes. So we've got a fairly limited picture of 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 our sort of uh, area. Broxbourne, um, UKIP did gain a seat there. They gained a seat um, that they'd uh, uh, not done particularly well in last time around in 2012, but they edged just over uh, the Conservatives to get a seat there. So uh, that's their own seat in our area at the moment Hartsmere, um, Labour made a single gain, there's only two parties there, Conservatives still well in control um, St Albans the Conservative and Labour both gained two seats each actually and the Lib Dems were down two seats overall, um, but the Conservatives still one short of gaining overall control there, so still a, a, a no overall control uh, council. In Stevenage Labour made some gains, they made three from the Conservatives in UKIP, they're, they're claiming that they've done very well in a seat they want to win in the general election. Uh, although UKIP did very well in uh, Stevenage too, they they came second in a lot of the uh, the seats and, and third place in some of them as well. So even though they didn't gain a seat, they certainly gained a lot of the vote. Um, and in well in Hatfield, Labour gained a few seats from the Conservatives too. So Labour will be feeling that they've done okay. I think nationally they're only up three percent though, which doesn't really for them perhaps hit the targets they were perhaps going for. I think they were going for 150 uh, uh, seats across the country. Uh, I'm not quite sure at the moment how, how far short they are of that. It, does, it, it doesn't sound like the landscape locally, at least, has changed much. No, no, I don't think... I mean, so many of these... Uh, the, the, the council, really, that I was most sort of interested in overnight was, was uh, St Albans, because that was in no overall control. There was a chance that that could change. It hasn't changed. Um, I mean, if we look at the other ones, I mean, they're still massively conservative. You look at Broxbourne, 26 conservative to Labour 3, UKIP 1, Hartsmere, 34 conservative to Labour 5. Um, I mean, Stevenage is still enormously uh, Labour. You've got Labour 34 now. Now, Lib Dem 3, Conservative 2, and when in Hatfield, uh, you've got Conservative 31, Labour 14, Lib Dem 2, and an Independent 1 there too. So, you know, we have there wasn't really any danger of any drastic changes overnight, but it does at least hint that there are some uh, some pickup for UKIP across our, our patch. And of course, later on today, we'll see the um, the mayoral election in Watford, we'll see the, uh, the district elections in Watford as well, and Three Rivers, where they 
they're all out elections as well. North Hearts is counting today as well. And of course, in Milton Keynes, we've got a full all out election. Uh, all 57 uh, seats are going to be up and UKIP hoping to have done well. The rumours are uh, certainly that some of the, uh, uh, the, the early sort of uh, senses that they might have done quite well in places like Bletchley. Um, but again, you know, it does seem that they're taking votes from everyone, not just from the Conservatives, from Labour. Lib Dems really do feel like the, the party that hasn't done brilliantly this evening. If they're just coming second, though, doesn't really mean much, does it? I mean, we can say, oh, we got loads and loads of votes, but mm. second doesn't get you power, does it? No, I mean, in our area, it hasn't happened like that. They have gained 86 seats across the country, which, you know, the, the, the party will point towards a groundswell of support and, and, and a legitimate claim to be, you know, the fourth or a fourth party. You know, maybe they're the third party if you look at some of the polling. Um, uh, so th- they will say that this perhaps will translate to a seat, but of course it hasn't translated to any councils. They've done quite well in places like Essex. They've done very well there. Uh, and indeed, I think one of the... Uh, the the leaders on, I think it was Basildon Council, lost his seat. I think that was to UKIP. So that, that indeed shows that uh, they have got uh, a sense that they've maybe captured the minds of some people across the uh, across the East. East is where they're expected to do quite well. Of course, we've got the European elections as well. Uh, on uh, That's going to be de- declared on Sunday. Uh, and they're very hopeful that they're going to be the main party in the East. What's this about? There's an exciting... You'll give me the correct terms. An exciting <coughs> announcement being made at 8.30 today in Milton oh. Keynes. Yes, we've been, uh, I've been told to get to a press conference hey. being held by the leader of Milton Keynes Council, Andrew Geary, the Conservative, which is at 8.30 sharp. So uh, we'll hopefully see if we can take some of that into the programme. But um, Is he going yeah, to uh, whip off his head and reveal he's actually a, a shape-shifting lizard? Is that, is that it? <laughs> Maybe you know better than I do. I'm not sure. <laughs> Wouldn't that he, be cool? He is a farmer. I'm not sure. Does that? <laughs> I don't think that, that mean he's qualifies. Lizard, so we're allowed to talk about like the, all of the elections, the European elections and stuff now, aren't we? We can we can discuss those openly. We can discuss those openly. We can't talk about exit polls for the European elections because, okay. of course, they're still voting in other parts. How the, long? Uh, how long was that ballot paper for the European elections? It was huge. <laughs> it was like it was, it was like when the, it's like when a, when a best man makes a, stands up to make a speech at a wedding and says, "I won't be long," and then he lets the speech and it falls down to the floor. It was it was massive, wasn't it? I think there was something like uh, in my area. Uh, there were, uh, I think, something about like 15 to 20 candidates, and you do, including got... one, one party called the Roman Party, <laughs> which was quite an interesting one. Toga. Apparently, that's, it's one guy, and he's campaigning for Italian rights in the UK. <laughs> You've got to wonder, do, do we know how much it costs to, to stand as an MEP? Oh, yeah, I think it's about... I think it's three grand. Why were some of those people bothering? Because it was... Uh, I'm not sure, though. I might be wrong there. OK, well, let, 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 whatever it is, it's going to cost you a few you hundred later. at least. I'll find out for you. Why yeah. were some of those people bothering? Because, the, you know, there were the England Out of Europe Party, the uh, Keep England England Party, the England England <laughs> England Party, England Here We Go Party. Well, they don't send a, a hope in, in hell, do they? Well... 
It's not for no, probably not really. I mean, if you look at some, if you look at some of the um, the, the the votes that they've got in the past, uh, some of those smaller parties haven't done particularly well. You... I, I think there was a concern from UKIP actually. Oh yes, some go of on. the parties had um, a a very similar name to them, and they were worried that people might go into the ballot box and get confused. And I think actually, in some cases, UKIP almost launched a challenge against some of the names of some of the parties because I think there's one called an Independence from Europe or something yeah. like that, United Kingdom. <laughs> independence from you keep as well were, were right at the bottom and uh, i heard that some of them were upset because the paper was folded over and that they, they oh, were really? they were yes they weren't initially visible you had to unfold the ballot paper well, let me just say if you if you're voting and you don't completely unfold the ballot paper then you don't deserve to have the vote surely I think you're probably right. I think it's one of those ones. Oh, here we are. Now, independent networks So members of the European Parliament. A £5,000 deposit <sighs> is required to stand in European elections. It can be returned if a candidate obtains 2.5% of the well, votes I cast mean... in the entire region. Um, so that's quite a lot. Paul, to make, this, prohibitively expensive, to make this even more fun, could we get an election selfie from you? I said election selfie uh, from you that we could put up on <laughs> Facebook. And maybe, just maybe, if I'm we could, in, if we could involve pajamas, Sydney... If we can involve Sydney the cat as well, that would be awesome. <laughs> I'll is, see what I can is do. Is he still there uh, with you, sitting on your lap? Yeah, he is. He is there, yeah. Okay. I'll take a photograph of him as well. Paul, go and have yeah. a little doze, but make sure you set your alarm, for goodness sakes. For when? Well, you, you, for 8.30. Oh, gosh, yes, I've got to get out. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, flipping. <laughs> Maybe we'll speak to you later, Paul. OK. Thanks, thanks very much. Goodbye. How tired did Paul Scoyne sound? Well done, him. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I guess people can phone up and tell us how they voted now. They can tell us how and why they voted the way they did. I love a good vote. Even the European elections, I find it exciting. I mean, really, in the great scheme of things. But I find it exciting, and I did it quite late. I did it about half past nine last night when I was coming back uh, home. And it was empty. It was just, it was just me and the, the people there. I kind of thought they'd have packed up and gone, because it was not a lot happening. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You can tell us who and indeed why. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, a very good morning. So far this morning, it's a rather quiet start over the three counties, not seeing any major problems or delays. The A5 heading past Heath and Reach at the moment is closed. That's at the Flying Fox roundabout because of an oil spillage that happened earlier. At the moment, some recovery work's taking place. So far, taking a look at public transport this morning and everything, it does seem to be running to time. No reported problems or delays to the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three. Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The UK Independence Party has made major gains in local elections with over 70 new councillors, including one in Broxbourne in Hertfordshire. UKIP is averaging around 28% of the vote in the wards it's contesting. Five councils in Hertfordshire have already declared their results. St Albans remains under no overall control. Labour held Stevenage and the Tories held well in Hatfield, Broxbourne and Hartsmere. And an independent Muslim school in Luton has been criticised by Ofsted inspectors for promoting fundamentalist Islamic beliefs. It's possible the Olive Tree School could be closed or taken over by the Department of Education. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England's cricketers have made a winning start to their five-match one-day series, beating Sri Lanka by 81 runs in a rain-affected match at the Oval. More from Alison Mitchell. 
Chris Jordan starred with both bat and ball, blasting 38 off 13 balls at the end of the innings that was curtailed to 39 overs, helping England to a competitive 247 for six, built around Gary Balance's impressive 64. Sri Lanka's target was revised to 226 in 32 overs after rain again forced the players from the field. But Jordan's energy and skill earned him three for 25, including the key wicket of Talikarat Nadilshan. And with Sri Lanka all out for 144 in the 28th over, an 81 run victory as a comprehensive way to start the five-match series. In football, Stevenage are inviting applications to join the club's board. They're planning to recruit up to three additional non-executive directors. Norwich caretaker manager Neil Adams has been handed the job on a permanent basis. Former Watford managers Malky Mackay and Gianfranco Zola had been linked with the post. Meanwhile, Czech goalkeeper Marek Steck has returned to his homeland and signed for Sparta Prague after being linked with a move to Watford. Thomas Bjorn leads the PGA golf at Wentworth after a course record 62 left him two shots clear on 10 under par Wobens Ian Poulter is two under one shot ahead of Buckinghamshire's Luke Donald and Ferrari's Fernando Alonso headed Lewis Hamilton's Mercedes to set the pace in a rain disrupted second practice at the Monaco Grand Prix Hamilton was fastest in the first session qualifying resumes tomorrow as Friday is traditionally left clear of racing BBC Three Counties News and Sports the next full bulletin is at 7 Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, that's right, Kelly Betts. I just skipped the Coldplay song. I skipped the Coldplay song. Oh, that's all right. That one isn't very good. None of them are very good. Coldplay is music for people who do not like music. That's incorrect information. It's factual information as it stands. Mm. Steve, you agree with me, don't you? I agree with anything you say, Ian. So have you been drinking? And not just milk. (laughs) Milk, that's all I've been drinking. Just milk. Good lad. Good for you. Well done. What can I do for you this morning, Steve, as my team hardly get a decent song in the playlist? (laughs) I thought you could do a phone-in about where have you put your initials that you shouldn't have done. Sorry? Well, did you, there's, there's a story in the news last night about this doctor who um, had to resign because he put his, his initials somewhere. Where did he put them? On someone's liver. Oh, beautiful. You've got to respect that. What? So he cut them open, legitimately, I would assume. It wasn't some yeah, kind of weird so, yeah. um, uh, the shipment type thing. And he, it, while he was in there, he, how, what did he write it with? Uh, 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 what do they call, call those? I think, um, I think what, what Sharpies, they said, he, it, he yes. branded it on there. Oh, blimey. <laughs> Wowzers. And he lost his no, job no for that. Gonna beat, no, yeah, no one's going to beat oh. that, are they? I don't... I mean, I, yes, there are um, school desks throughout Slough that have um, my initials on and drawings of... Um, well, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. The, the, yes, exactly. The teenage drawings yeah. that we all know how to do. It's, it's that, isn't it? And then that coming out the top. Uh, but, um, yeah, have you ever done it, Steve? Uh, no, I can't think of anywhere I'll put my initials on. Mm, trying- oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Did you vote yesterday? I did. Who, are, we, are we allowed to ask who? You can ask me. Who? I vote Conservative. Okay, okay. Do you get... I get a little buzz out of voting because doing this job, I, I feel I have kind of an arrested development. I'm stuck around about 16. Uh, but I feel really grown up when I'm in there. Do you want to know something bad? I'm, I am 50... Two years old. Yeah. And what? that was the first time I've ever voted. Wowzers. Why? I don't know. Just, I mean, I wasn't going to vote. This time I'm in the mission 
say that should go and vote because no one's ever comes and knocks on my door and says vote for me because of. Do they well, not do well, that anymore? I don't think they particularly do that anymore. But that, what? Surely, as as a as a citizen, and I'm not sure. I'm saying this. I'm not sure I necessarily agree with it, but I'll say it anyway. It's yeah. your responsibility to go out and get the information, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose it is. Wow, you really and you I really just, don't care, do you? <laughs> you really don't care what happens to this country. I do. I just. I, I, I really. I voted. I don't know if I voted to get somebody in or I voted to keep somebody out. That's that's the thing. The dilemma I'm in, really. Steve, thank you very much indeed. Well, two things there. Have you never voted? Let's find the oldest person who's never voted this morning, please. And where have you put your initials, uh, Kelly? I'm guessing um, you uh, got really into the voting yesterday, did you? Yeah. What time did you go and vote? I called X Factor about. No, not the oh. X Factor. The elections. Oh, oh I, I didn't vote. Wow. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Somewhere in the city where the air is still, a baby being born to the overkill. Well, who cares what people say? We walk down love's motorway. A vision of love, wearing boxing gloves and singing hearts and flowers.
Jock Rock. Jock Rock. I think they're Scottish, aren't they? That's why I'm saying Jock Rock. If they're not, I apologise. So I know someone I know. Dennis. Good morning. Our Aztec camera, um, Jock Rock. What the hell's that row going on? So, it's Aztec camera. What? Aztec camera? Are, are they Jock Rock? How the hell do I know? I've never heard of them before in my life. You've never heard of Aztec camera? No. Somewhere in my heart? No. I, I turn rubbish, I turn the television and the radio off when rubbish is on. And that's rubbish. Well, you listen to this. I didn't. It was only because I'd been asked to listen. I didn't do it from point, my point of view. They're Scottish, I think. Oh, well, in that case, they can... I won't tell where they can hey, go. Hey, listen, I don't like cruelty towards animals. I mean, some animals deserve it. Let's be honest, the hedgehog is one of them. But there's a story in some of the papers today, Dennis, in the Daily Mail, yes. page 41... Baz the cat blinded. Baz the cat blind, blinded. Who's, who's, who's blinded it? Yobs. Well, in that case, they deserve the same. Well, well. Let me let me finish the headline and let's see if that cha- if this changes your opinion. Mm-hmm. Baz the cat blinded for looking like Hitler. Does that change your opinion of what happened to this cat? No, it's not the cat's fault. It, it does. Like I'm looking at the picture of it. Yes. It does look a lot like um, Adolf Hitler. Does it? Yeah, it does a lot. It's white. It's got, like, sort of black hair on its head in a very strong side parting, and it's got a, a, a little Hitler moustache. Does that change your opinion of the yobs that did this? Are they no. yobs or are they heroes? No, they're yobs. Okay. A cat blinded in a brutal attack is believed to have been targeted by thugs because he looks like... Hitler. Baz, a seven-year-old white moggy, don't quite know why the colour's relevant, has a moustache-like patch of black fur under his nose and dark hair on the top of his head. Well, it's not his fault, is it? He, he, he was born like that. You can't well, hang on a minute. If that's your argument, you can't say it's Hitler's fault. He was born like that. Yeah, no, but he made a mess of that thing, didn't he, after that? Who knows what, who knows what Baz has been up to? Well, yeah, all right, he's been mousing, probably. Exactly. Imagine all the sparrows, anyway. Well, that's right. What about it? What do you want? No, you were on about that. I was disgusted with that man who said he'd never voted till he was in his 50s. Steve the Milkman. I voted at 21, and I have never missed a vote, and next week I'll be 21 the 68th time. So 143? No. I voted when I was 21. I got that bit. Yeah. I got confused when you did and the I've silly maths. I've been 21 68 times since then. 112? No, no, you... Uh, do, uh, do it again. Give me it again. 21. That's once. I voted once, yep, right? Yep, yep, yep. And I've voted 68 times once since then. So there's an election every four years. Yeah. No, there's all sorts So you're 240? There's always elections. There's elections every year for something or other. All right. I'll do the maths for you. Please. I'll be 89. Flipping heck. 
See, and I don't I think never old, missed a vote. I don't think old people should have the vote. Why? Because they'll just vote uh, for selfish interests. And let's be honest. Let's no. be honest, no. If no. in the general no. election next year, right, yes. 2015, May 2015, you're going to vote, and with, with the greatest of respect, which means I'm probably going to be disrespectful, you might not be around Thank to you see. Very much. No, we we can keep our fingers crossed. You might not be around to see the results of your vote. So maybe people over 85, and I'm just putting this out there, yeah. shouldn't be allowed to vote. No, I'm voting not only for myself, but for my you, grandchildren, you my voting? great-grandchildren, trying to get the country. Well, no, 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 but that's not how it works. It's one person, one vote. I know it is. So you can't vote for your grandchildren? Yes, I can. Well, no, you can't. Yes, I've, I've put my, no. my name down because with a lot of other people, we'll be doing the same thing. And the thing is... That's the only way you can kick about any government. If you don't vote for them, you can't kick. What about the argument that not voting is a um, uh, a protest? It's a cop-out. It's a... Well, what protest? If you don't vote, how the hell do you know the pro- you're protesting? Well, because you're saying, do you know what? None of these uh, people appeal to me or interest me or speak to me. Well, they should be, I think, at the bottom like that. We don't appeal to... But if you don't vote, they've no idea whether you're protesting or not. I think, I think I'm onto something here, Dennis. Yes, I am onto it as well. No, I'm onto you. I think we lower the age of voting, uh, of voting to 14, so young people get interested, OK? They kind of get a, a buzz for it. Maybe you can do it using, I don't know, uh, texts or the red button, um, or maybe make it into a fun game involving Mario or Sonic. Um, and older people should lose the vote when they... Let's say 80. Because they're voting for something that they won't... You know, we, you get to 80, you might think, do you know what, I'm going to vote for a really nasty, horrible party because I won't be around to see the damage they cause the young people. Well, I it's a, it's a It's a man's world. No, hang on. It's a young person's world, isn't it? Yes, but the young pers- person haven't learned to live yet. Oh, that's a bit patronising, Dennis. No, I'm not. Look, I'm governor of the, I was a governor of the school across the road. Yeah. The kids don't realise there was a world before electronics. Well, let's, let's give them the vote, and then they'll be more interested, they'll be more passionate about what's going on. Let's give 14-year-olds no, the vote. No, they're not. No, they're not. Kelly, I, did you just spit a sweet out? No, I haven't. I, Hang on, no, I'm trying to get... Kelly, did you just spit a sweet out? Chewing gum. Chewing gum. Chewing gum during the show? Yeah. You don't vote, and you're, you're chewing gum during the show? I'm reckless. Oh dear! Oh dear, she Dennis! Doesn't vote? No, we said. Oh dear! And she's chewing gum. Oh. Dear. She says she's reckless, Dennis. No, I loved when I used. I sat over there when the what? election was on, and people were coming in to vote. And the ones I like were the eighteen-year-olds who come skipping in, saying, "I've got a vote! I've got a vote!" Yes, good, but not to not vote. That's, that's Thank you, Dennis. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. If I'm honest, Nicola, I was losing the will to live at the end of that phone conversation, so I just thought, <laughs> you know what, there's, there's no way out. Let's just end it. Let's get the travel. Let's get the will to live back in the show. Let's hear what's <laughs> happening on the roads. Let's hear what's happening on the rails. Let's have it. Let's, Nicola, sell it to me, baby. So, <laughs> heading past Heathrow Reach Focus. Of five, it's closed at the moment at the Flying Fox roundabouts. Now, there's been an oil spillage there, so some recovery work's now taking place. Roll heavy on the M1, London bound on the speed sensors between Junction 9 for Redbourne and Junction 7 for Himmel Hempstead. In Brickywood, it's looking very heavy on the North Orbital Road, just off the M at 25. And on the A1, the Barnet Way, there's a broken down car at the moment between Marsh Lane and Stirling Corner causing delays. So far on the trains, no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. E Fancy. <laughs> 
Do you know what? I'm going to make it my life's ambition to um, put Nicola off as much as I can during the travel. Does, does, that, sound, does that sound fair, guys? Fair? Yeah, totally. Yeah, sounds fair. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. 6.46. It's uh, Friday the 23rd of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The UK Independence Party has made major gains in local elections with over 80 new councillors, including one in Broxbourne in Hertfordshire. Five councils in Hertfordshire have already declared their results. St Albans remains under no overall control. Labour held Stevenage and the Tories held well in Hatfield, Broxbourne, Hartsmere and Bristol's. Guys? Okay. And an independent Muslim school in Luton has been criticised by Ofsted inspectors for promoting fundamentalist Islamic beliefs. BBC Three Counties Radio, let's get the weather with Kelly Beds again. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. There's some bright or sunny intervals throughout the day. However, a scattering of showers may develop during the afternoon. The odd heavier shower is like... What do they mean by odd heavier shower? Is it going to be rain still or would it be something like like uh, soapy, shampoo? Anyway, especially later in the day, particularly breezy across the Chilterns during the afternoon. Max temp of 19 degrees Celsius. And if we look at tonight, there's further showery rain that's likely to happen overnight, some of which may be heavy at times. Winds should be light. Min temp of 10 deg Celsius. So basically, wear a light coat. Every Saturday from midday, it's all about the food. We've also got chicken and spring veg sausage rolls, a traditional family cheesecake, pan-fried sea bass. Nick Coffer's Weekend Kitchen. I've put chilli and coriander in it. Again, traditionally, wouldn't have that. But it's very simple and um, delicious. You could have it from chopping board to table in 20 minutes. Honestly, it's that, it's that quick. Local chef showcasing simple, straightforward dishes you can try at home. Crush them and put some salt in there and some olive oil and yeah. get everything mixed mixing together a little bit, you get a whole different effect. You're tenderising a really tough cut of beef into something that's as tender as beef fillet, really. Nick Coffer's Weekend Kitchen, Saturdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, BBC Introducing is a show here on BBC Three Counties Radio that supports unsigned and undiscovered musicians from beds, hearts and bucks. Each week we play a song that our introducing show has been supporting. This week it's Annie Eve from Hertfordshire. Uh, The song's called Shuffle. And Kelly, do you know the reason I like this, this song? Song so much. Oh, why? Because it's only two minutes, 52 seconds long. Well, there's more to it than that, but yeah. A lot of them are too long. Four minutes, four and a half minutes. Come on, guys, get some self-control, get some discipline. It's because you're from the 60s. Sorry?
That was a good high, though. That was great harmonising you did. Tell me more about that track, Kelly. Where where could I buy it? When does it come out in the records? Is they going to do a 12-inch dance remix of it? Tell me a little bit of info. I'm going to do something really clever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, If you tune in to Introducing Tomorrow... Yeah. ...from 8pm, right here, BBC Three Counters Radio, you'll hear her with um, an interview and a live session, so you'll hear everything that you need to know about her on that show. I'm afraid I won't be listening tomorrow. Oh, don't worry about that. We've got a tool, a handy tool. It's called <laughs> It's called again. Gary Floyd. It's a joke, for goodness sake. It's a joke, <laughs> for goodness sakes. Dave's in Luton. Morning. Anyway, that was uh, Annie Eve, and uh, you can listen to uh, more from her uh, tomorrow, 8 o'clock. Dave's in Luton. Morning, Dave. Good morning, boss. Dave, what you got for us? Well, you wanting to know if I voted? Um, well, you, you specifically... Well, well, yeah. I don't, remember, I don't remember uttering the words, uh, did Dave from Luton vote? Oh, here we go. Here we go like again on my own. Yeah. Like a drifter, I was run to be alone. Dun, dun, dun. Can you stop now? Because I'm outside and it started to rain, OK? <laughs> Did you get caught in the rain yesterday? No, no, I was in the car, mate, looking for my grandchildren. Oh, that's, that's I, 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 I pray to the Lord above you found them. No, I didn't, actually. Oh, well, where, 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 uh, what do they look like? Let's put an appeal out. Well, well, just little kids, you know what I mean? D- okay, well, what were they wearing? School uniforms. Okay, so how many? Five. So you're looking for but five I... little kids? Yeah, two schools, and I couldn't find them, mate, up in Stunden Park area. Okay, well, hang on, this is suddenly taking a very dark turn. We're looking for five little kids in school uniforms. Yeah. Where were they last seen? School? <laughs> well... When they went into school yesterday morning, but I ain't seen them since. So. Oh, blimey. That's but sick. anyhow, yeah, don't I'm worry coming about to that. this point of voting. Yes. I want to vote, but I will, will not, I did not, and I haven't for quite a few many years. Why have you not the voted reason, for quite a few many years? Right, you go into a polling station. Yes. You see your name and your address and the number at the end. Correct. Right, they give you your polling slip, and they put that number on that polling slip. Right. Right, that's not secret, it's not confidential of your vote. Because they can <laughs> look back on that. Yeah, so what? 
But then they know who you're voting for. So what? I mean, if well, they, they, they don't do that, but supposing they, they did. Well, so what? Oh, you, so oh, what? Hold on. You're saying they don't do that, but how do you know? But, but even if they did, so what? Well, I want, I want my secret. I want my tick. Who I'm voting? Okay, who would to you be have, secret? Okay, let's. And I've got one quickly because we've got a guest coming up next. Who would you have voted for if oh, you had no, the chance? But I wouldn't tell you, would I? Think it. Think it no, now, no. so it's secret. But it, yeah, but it's no, in my mind. It. Yeah, exactly. So it's your mind. No one's l- l- listening to it. So who would you have voted for? But I won't tell you because no, I don't want I you want to tell to me. Secret. I don't want you to tell me. I want you to think it. Well, I'm thinking of it. Thank there you we go. Much. Thank you very much. There you go. He's had his say. He's, he's contributed to society. At last. Hey, for the first time, a piece of public art has been commissioned to recognise the Bletchley Park codebreaker, Alan Turing, as a homosexual. And it's going to be put up outside a gay nightclub. The mathematician, who helped to bring World War II to an end, was convicted of homosexual activity, but received a royal pardon last year. That's right, kids. It used to be illegal to be gay. Now, Pink Punters in Fenny Stratford plans to put up a colourful piece of art to recognise him as a gay man. Professor Barry Cooper is chair of the Turing Centenary Committee and joins me now. Good morning, Barry. Oh, good morning. What do you think about the location of this artwork? Well, I have to say, I I did actually visit Pink Punters last year. Um, I'm I'm a big admirer of the work they're doing, and uh, I I think that uh, it's very appropriate that they're they're doing this. It's... uh, um, there, there are, of course, other places where they might commemorate the uh, the work and, and the the life of Alan Turing, but uh, but Pink Punters are, are quite in, in, in quite are quite appropriate for a, a, um, a, a statue that that hasn't really appeared anywhere else yet. I suppose recognition is recognition wherever it is, isn't it? I, I, th- I think so. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think. It, it, Alan Turing's iconic for the academic community, for the people who are interested in computers and artificial intelligence, but he's also important to, to people who are gay and, and have their own uh, their own take on Alan Turing, and, and it's quite quite okay, I think, for, for them to do something that's that's very special, uh, which they're going to do on. I think it's uh, June the twenty third, isn't it? Alan Turing's birthday. They're I going think to so. Yes. Unveil this. I, I, I spoke to them last night on the phone, and they said that it's it's going to be a very special piece of um, uh, artwork which they're going to mount on the building there. We're told it's colourful. Do we know what that means yet? Have we got a description? I, I don't know. They're, they're, they want to, uh, Obviously, they want it to be a special uh, event and they want to um, surprise us all with uh, with something uh, something that they think is, is, is very appropriate. He seems an odd hero for a gay nightclub, I, I, I would have thought. Yeah, I... I um, I, I, I say when I went there, it, it, it seemed a very special place. Uh, I, as well as uh, as well as uh, supporting the gay community, they they do have a very um, strong influence, uh, a very strong interest in the um, in the IT and and, and the, the the electronics and so on. Ah. And I mean, they have something like two hundred um, uh, video video cameras there, uh, ensuring security of the place. Oh. And, and it's uh, and and they do provide um, IT facilities for gay people. Ah. Ah, okay. So there is a strong connection. And do you yeah, think having definitely. this statue there, um, there's always a danger that these these great people from the past might get forgotten. Do you think that having this statue there will, will encourage younger people to find out more about Alan? 
Yeah, I think I think I think it's a nice idea, and I, I think I, I think there are, there are commemorations of Turing due in many places. I mean, London and Cambridge, they they probably haven't uh, they haven't done as much as they could have done so far. And uh, I, I think in Bletchley, where where Alan Turing worked at uh, Bletchley Park and did such fantastic work in the war, I, I think uh, you know Bletchley uh, too is is a very appropriate place. So. Barry, it's, so I've got to move on, but I'm, I'm it's really okay. nice to talk to you, and, and maybe we'll talk a little bit. Uh, nearer to the unveiling date and uh, we'll, we'll perhaps we'll get your uh, your thoughts on the colourful piece of art. That's Professor Barry Cooper. That's right, kids. It used to be illegal to be gay. Imagine that. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Heading past Heath and Reach, the A5 is closed at the moment at the Flying Fox roundabout. Now it's due to recovery work taking place after an oil spillage that happened this morning. The M1 London bound very heavy on the speed sensors between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and Junction 9 Redbourne. The M25 heading anti-clockwise very heavy at the moment between Junction 21 the M1 and Junction 20 Kings Langley. And taking a look in Boreham Wood, slow moving on the Barnet Bypass heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Nicola Richards, BBC Three. You got it, Nicky. You got it. Whoop-hoo, indeed. So here's the thing. Did you vote yesterday? Who and why? And this idea is forming in my head. If you're 80 and over, you shouldn't have the vote. I'll explain why after the news. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, UKIP celebrating election success, no change at Hertfordshire Councils, and in other news, Muslim school in Luton criticised by Ofsted. BBC Three Counties Radio. UKIP are celebrating a strong showing in the local elections, picking up around 25% of the vote in seats they were contesting. With a third of the results in, the party have already beaten their target of gaining 80 seats, including one in Broxbourne in Hertfordshire. Some Conservative MPs are calling for a deal with UKIP at next year's general election, but that's being dismissed by the party chairman and well in Hatfield MP Grant Shapps. The Conservative Party is the Conservative Party. We will stand as Conservatives at the next election. There's no question of there being a, a pact per se. Five councils in Hertfordshire have already declared their results. St Albans remains under no overall control. Labour held Stevenage and the Tories held well in Hatfield, Broxbourne and Hartsmere. More from Paul Scoynes. A reasonable night so far for Labour with gains in Stevenage, well in Hatfield and Hartsmere. The party picked up two seats in St Albans, as did the Conservatives, who remain one seat short of taking overall control. The Lib Dems there lost two seats on the council. UKIP had a strong showing across the council's counting tonight and gained one seat in Broxbourne from the Tories. Elsewhere in Hertfordshire, counting takes place today for Three Rivers, North Hearts and Watford councils, plus the Watford mayoral election. Counting also takes place today in Milton Keynes, where all 57 seats on the council were contested following boundary changes. The European election results won't be announced until Sunday evening, when polling closes in the rest of the EU. In other news, an independent Muslim school in Luton has been criticised by Ofsted inspectors for promoting fundamentalist Islam beliefs. It's possible the Olive Tree School could be closed or taken over by the Department of Education. More from Tony Fisher. 
Chair of Governors Farisat Latif said the inspectors visited the school looking for anything that could tarnish their reputation as a Muslim school. He said Ofsted is now punishing the school by portraying it as a hotbed of extremism and nothing could be further from the truth. An Ofsted spokesman said they'd shared a draft copy of the inspection report in confidence with the school and its conclusions will be published shortly. A golfer is in a serious condition after being hit by lightning in Hertfordshire during yesterday afternoon's storms. The man in his 60s was airlifted to hospital after being struck on the course between Watford and Rickmansworth. 20 firefighters tackled a blaze in the roof of a house hit by lightning in Stukeley and residents were evacuated from an old people's home after a lightning strike in Houghton Regis. The US Coast Guard says it will suspend its search for a British yacht in the Atlantic Ocean at the end of today if no sightings are made. Mike Perham from Potter's Bar, who became the youngest person to sail around the globe at the age of 17, says it's a tough call. I'm not the one out there coordinating search you know, these guys are very experienced. They do this every day, um, you know, managing search and rescue. And so, you know, when, when they've really, really exhausted every possibility, that'll be the, you know, the time to finish the search. I mean, they, it can't go on forever. In Sport England's cricketers have made a winning start to their five-match one-day series, beating Sri Lanka by 81 runs in a rain-affected match at the Oval. The weather, early showers clearing to leave some sunny spells, but the showers will return, possibly heavy and thundery by this evening. A maximum temperature 19 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties bbc three counties radio's big tour of beds hearts and bucks i just i just think it's an absolutely fantastic place to live and all this week we're featuring wendover my dad actually worked at uh, holton camp and he got posted it's all about where you live i moved here because my husband and i wanted to start a family it's just all such a lovely place it is a sustainable village the big tour of beds hearts and bucks bbc three counties radio Oh man, it's Friday. Who cares if the, we- if the weather's bad? Did you get caught in the rain yesterday? I was in London, in Oxford Street, and it was packed. And then suddenly, it wasn't packed. I went and stood in the doorway of Miss Selfridge. Not a shop I'm particularly familiar with. The rain was incredible, wasn't it? Thunderbolt and lightning, very, very frightening me. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up in the show, including the head of an independent Muslim school in Luton, says an Ofsted report accusing the school of promoting fundamentalist Islamic beliefs is full of fabrications. We'll hear more in a minute. We'll have the latest election results. Alan Carr or Alan Turing, you decide who should have a statue outside a gay club in Milton Keynes. And we, we've spoken to a couple of people, including Kelly, Kelly Betts, who works here, and Dave Luton, who didn't vote. What are your thoughts on people who don't vote? And just bear with me, I've, I've got an idea on how we can improve the voting system. We lower the voting age to 14 and we cap it at 80. Huh? Huh? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR or give me a call 08459 455555. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We'll, uh, 
We'll speak to Justin Dealey about the voting thing a bit later on. Seriously, we lower the voting age to 14, so young people become interested and involved in their country, in politics, in making a change, and that will hopefully uh, mean that as, as they go on through their life, they'll be, they'll be more interested in the way the country is run. At the age of 80, well, how can I put this delicately? If you vote... If you're 80, next year, in 2015, you vote in the general election, there is a strong chance you might not be around to see the effect that your vote will have on society. So why should you have a say? It's a thought. 08459 455 555. Now, an independent Muslim school in Luton has been criticised by Ofsted inspectors for promoting fundamentalist Islamic beliefs. It's possible the Olive Tree School could be closed down or taken over by the Department of Education. The school says the unpublished Ofsted draft report is full of, quote, lies and half-baked truths, unquote, and based on an inspection that was abandoned halfway through after children were questioned on their attitude to homosexuality. Well, we can speak now to Terry Sanderson from the National Secular Society. Morning, Terry. Good morning. Do cases like these reinforce your concerns about faith schools? Yes, they do, because we're living in a, a society of many different communities and somehow we've got to find a way to live together and these schools seem to be creating all kinds of suspicions between uh, societies and communities. Um, I, I don't think they're, they're helping community cohesion in any way whatsoever. Separating children on the grounds of their parents' religion is not a way to build uh, trust between communities and, and bring them together. The faith schools, do you think they have too much freedom to teach what they like? Because I guess if, 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 if someone is of a particular faith, you would naturally expect your children to grow up into that faith until they reach the point where they can make their own decisions. Yeah, uh, um, and that's, that's fair enough. But the point is, what are schools for? Uh, this is the, what what the problem is. I mean, are schools there to to promote a particular religion or are they there to give children an all-round education? I don't think they are there to promote religion and they shouldn't be used for that purpose. Um, the idea of academies and free schools, which can teach just about anything they want to, they've given, been given a completely free hand. Um, that, that's just inviting people with very strong religious views to use them as a platform to inculcate their own religious opinions on children. Um, it doesn't really give children the, the opportunity to make up their own mind about religion when they're being told constantly mm. every day that, that one particular religion is the truth. Well, should we, you're not arguing for the complete abolition of, of religious edu education in school, though, are you? No, no, not at all. I think it's very important that children know about religion, but that they know about it in an objective way. They, they should know about the good bits and the bad bits. It's no use just bringing children into school and giving them a rosy picture of one particular religion and then implying or even telling them that other religions are false and that you shouldn't trust people from other religions. I think, um, you know, that the, the cases we're seeing at the moment of this so-called Trojan horse business uh, indicates that something is going on in schools that is not desirable and needs to be challenged. The thing, the, the, a bit of this unpublished report that sits a little uncomfortably with me is uh, it says the library contains books that are, quote, abhorrent to British society. Mm. We're not scared of books, are we? we? We're not into censoring books. No, as long as they're, they're not inciting people to do things that are against the law uh, or, or uh, promoting... Uh, 
antisocial behavior. Um, I don't know what these books are. No. I don't know whether they've originated in Saudi Arabia and are promoting a particularly hard-line version of Islam, uh, which would not fit into the general uh, sort of milieu of, of Britain. Um, whatever it is that they're objecting to, no doubt we'll find out when the report is published. Do you have any sympathy for parents who, who want to send their kids to a faith school? Um, yes, I do. I understand why they want to do it, but I, I really don't think that is the purpose of, of schools. I think if they want to raise their children in a particular religion, then that's fine. They should do that. They should take them to church or mosque uh, and teach them about it at home. But it's not the school's business to do it for them. Terry, I appreciate your time and your thoughts uh, uh, this morning. Uh, Terry Sanderson from the National Secular Society. Uh, Tara, we'll come to you in a second. You can tell us what, the, what that breaking news is, if, if you want. I just want to throw this out there. It, it, religious schools, what are your thoughts on religious schools? Do you think that they do have a place in society? Should religious school, religion be taught in schools? I think it should to a certain extent. I think you should have the, uh, the religious education uh, lesson should be there, but you are taught, you know, and this is how I was taught at school, if I remember correctly. We were taught Christianity. Quite a lot of Christianity. It was you know, uh, Christianity, Sikhism, uh, Islam, uh, humanism, secularism. You get all of those kind of things. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Paul Scoynes never rests in the slightest. I have on my screen that we've got breaking news from Paul. Paul, what have you got for us? Well, Ian, in the last few minutes, I've just seen a message from the BBC's transport correspondent, Richard Westcott, and he says that Govia, uh, which is a a train franchise which currently operates routes like the London Midland uh, route into uh, London from Milton Keynes, has uh, been awarded the new Thameslink franchise. So it will take over the Thameslink, Southern and Great Northern Rail franchises from what is currently known as First Capital Connect. So that includes trains down uh, from... uh, Bedford, from Luton, uh, Stevenage into London, and uh, that will start in, uh, well, they'll take over in September this year, uh, and it says, according to the Govia site, although they've not put anything up just yet, uh, they've said that they'll announce longer trains, uh, more destinations, many more direct journeys as well, uh, quicker journeys, they say, as well, new trains and better stations. I haven't got much more on that at the moment. We just saw a tweet from uh, from Richard Westcott, so that's all we're going on at the moment, but... But uh, it would appear that Thameslink have, have lost that route and uh, and will now be uh, run by this this group called Govia, G-O-V-I-A. Do we have? I suppose we don't have any idea on on whether this will impact on jobs or or how it will affect passengers yet. Well, I, I suppose in, in terms of... We don't know about jobs, no, right, but we do know uh, that uh, they, the part of the bid was, as I say, to, to increase the size of, uh, of trains, run them more quickly. They also say better stations as well. Um, what Dovia said in its bid was their experience of managing complicated, busy works efficiently uh, means that they're well-placed to deliver the, quote, exciting transformation uh, enabled by the Thameslink programme as well. They say that they are uh, one of the UK's preeminent... What is this? even mean change manager in rail gosh preeminent change managers you say paul thank Uh you very much we'll speak to you later on excellent picture of you in a kimono wearing a cat Mm. yeah Uh, do you know what we need more train stations more hanging baskets we need more hanging baskets and i really hope that govia bring more hanging baskets alan's in milton Keynes. good morning alan good morning what would you like to say sir well i just woke up first thing in the morning usually i listen to uh, classic fm but you were on Thank you. And you made I think. Right? Uh, you made this comment about an 80-year-old to be stopped from voting because of what? What reason? 
What reason did you think you heard? Well, I'm asking you what you said. Well, you, you've called in because you, you think you heard something. What do you think you heard? But didn't you say that because 80-year-olds will be prone to do this and prone to do that, that they should be stopped having the vote? No, I didn't say that at all. Well, what did you say then? Well, you, you, you've called in angry about something you didn't hear, but I'm happy to clarify, Alan, yes. What you said then? I'm going to tell you. What I said was, we should lower the voting age to 14 and discuss it in classrooms and schools so that children know what the voting process is, why it's so important, who the different people are, the impact it can have on their society. So we get... There is a problem that young people are not interested in voting. By doing it at 14, it becomes part of the culture. I agree with you, yeah. Thank you. And at 80, if you're an 80-year-old next year, 2015, there is a strong chance that you won't be around... To see the effects of your vote. Yes. So your vote will be impacting on all of those people younger than you, but will possibly have little or no impact on your life. Therefore, it could be argued that that vote is worthless and that vote should be taken away. Well, that's what you're saying then, isn't it? That when you're 80 year old, because you're probably going to die next year, your vote is worthless, so why should you vote? Um, is that what I'm saying? No, I'm not saying your vote is worthless. Uh, you are. No, Alan, I'm not. You're, you're, again, you're hearing what you're you saying, want to hear. What you're actually saying is, yes. my friend, is that when you're uh, 80... The my friend line, OK. That, that, that implies to me, Alan, that we're not friends. Well, we're not friends, no, of course. Then why say it? For my life. I'll tell you what you should be doing. You yeah. should be saying things that are obviously sensible. Because it could be that um, an 80-year-old lives to 103. Oh, it could be. And, yeah, there's a strong chance of that. And someone who's 20 dies at 22, so... There, there, there is that's definitely, but you're more likely to die... You're, you're closer to death at 80 than you are at 22, generally, aren't you? That's a fact. That you're saying the vote should be... That's a fact, isn't it? Well, we know what the facts are in life, don't we? Well, I don't know if, if we do, Alan. I your theoretical idea. I do, Alan. I don't know if, 80, if we know what the facts are. When you're 80... Are. Your vote is worthless. That's what you said. No, I didn't say it was worthless, Alan. Again, you've used the word worthless. I didn't say the word. Didn't say the word worthless, Alan. Next year, I didn't say the word worthless. Doesn't mean your vote, Alan. Would not, Alan. I know it's a little bit more challenging than classic FM. Would you like to listen? Well, if you would listen as well, yeah. No, because I'm listening to you saying something that's silly. I didn't say the word worthless. Oh, au contraire. Oh, contraire, Alan. That vote is French now, is it? That vote is worth something, and that could be the problem. They might vote for something that would cause more damage to the younger people. Didn't say worthless, Alan. Well, I mean, essentially, you know, you've returned you've turned it round in a bit of a circle here. Thanks very much indeed. That's what I do. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Nicola. Thank With the much. travel news. Not finished, Nicola. <laughs> It's the travel news now on BBC Three Counties Radio <laughs> with Nicola. <laughs> the A5 heading past Heathrow Breach is closed at the moment um, at the Flying Fox roundabout. That's due to a oil spillage that happened earlier, so some recovery work's now taking place. The M1's looking rather heavy heading southbound, um, just around Junction 10 for Luton Airport. Very slow on the M25, heading anti-clockwise between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 20, Kings Langley. And in Boreham Wood, very slow moving Try on the Barnet Bypass, heading very southbound in Barnet Lane and Mill Hill Circus. Focus. No reported problems on the trains. BBC Three Counties Radio. There we go. We got it. It's. Fr-
Friday, it's 7.17. It's, uh, yeah, Friday the 23rd of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The UK Independence Party has made major gains in local elections with over 80 new councillors, including one in Broxbourne in Hertfordshire. Five councils in Hertfordshire have already declared their results. St Albans remains under no overall control. Labour held Stevenage and the Tories held well in Hatfield, Broxbourne and Hartsmere. And an independent Muslim school in Luton has been criticised by Ofsted inspectors for promoting fundamentalist Islamic beliefs. BBC's Three Counties Radio. Voting closed at 10 o'clock last night, and now we're waiting for all of our results to come in. What really goes on at an election count? How do all the votes get counted? Who gets to give the final result? The total number of votes cast is therefore as follows. I'll be live from the arena at Stadium K this afternoon to bring you a behind-the-scenes look as some of our local council election results come in. A handful of councils have already declared their results, and we'll know the rest by the end of today. I'll hear from the key people involved and get all the reaction as the results are announced. Roberto Peroni. With a live local election results special this afternoon from three here on BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Richard's in Stevenage. Good morning, Richard. Richard? Oh, sorry, wrong fader. Hello, Richard. Morning. Sorry, Richard, I had the wrong fader there. What would you like to say? Uh, I'm just saying, um, I think I might have found um, a slight flaw in your plan about um, cancelling the voting over 80 years old. Yeah, and, and this is, this, I'm just kind of workshopping this idea. It's not, f- I think there's something in it. I've not fully formed it. So, yeah, any help you can give me will be gratefully appreciated. Okay, well, I'll try my best. Go on. Um, well, t- what, what I was thinking is, if an 80 year old um, place their vote, uh, people usually vote to. Um, to better themselves, don't yeah. they? I mean, yeah. I think in a general sense, so an 80-year-old will, will vote on policies that's go, going to, to help them. Now, if in 10 years' time you're saying that person isn't going to be around anymore, mm. um, they, might, they may not be, but a 70-year-old will then become 80. And then that 70-year-old, who's then becoming to the 80-age bracket, will then benefit from those policies that the 80-year-old picks. See what I'm saying? I do see what you're saying, but that's 10 years later. That's true, but I mean, voting doesn't necessarily. Um, the, the, the vote of an eight-year-old doesn't necessarily matter that it's going to have any effect to them personally. It's, well, but it does. But the thing is, it does. The, 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 you, you know the reason why um, uh, pensioners don't uh, pay the bedroom tax or aren't affected by the spare room subsidy. You know the reason, don't you? Because if they, it's a, a conservative idea, and if they said all uh, pensioners had to were affected by the spare room subsidy, they would lose the pensioners' vote. So their, their, if their vote was not necessarily counted, or they didn't vote, they wouldn't have such a stranglehold on politics. Yes and no, but I mean, with, with regarding to the bedroom tax, which I use that term very lightly because I don't believe it should be called Well, if, that. You, if you notice, I only used that term once and I said spare room subsidy twice. Yeah, yeah, I did, but I just wanted to make the point. Um, I don't think it's necessarily right to kick a pensioner out of their home to move them into smaller accommodation. Is it right to kick anybody out of their home to... Um, and people are being kicked out of their homes. Is it right to kick anybody out of their home to, to move them into smaller accommodation? Um... Well, a difficult one, but at the same time, their home is uh, another thing you can use lightly because it's not, is it? It's, it's 
not their home at the end of the well, day. Well, it's, it's, pe- some... it's not the pensioners' home at the end of the day. No, it's not, but I think a pen- pensioner has got a lot more to lose than a... No? Uh, a, a, a young, younger person. Why? Right. What, what have they got to use? It's the same thing. If it's social housing, then sure, yeah. and, and, and if we agree, if we take the premise that uh, people who are in social housing that is too big for them should move out, then surely that has to go across the board and should affect uh, people of all ages, pensioners as well. Okay, how about if a pensioner has a two-bedroom house, they don't get charged for the extra bedroom, but if they've got a four-bed, then they should move down to a smaller accommodation. No, no, no. We can't... We can't. Why, why are we doing a deal for the pensioners? If, if pensioners want to be treated equally... And by the way, guys, just before you get too angry, we're just kicking this around. But if, if, if you want, pensioners want to be treated equally, as I'm sure they do, then they have to be treated equally under all of the laws. Why should they get special dispensation over the spare room subsidy compared to uh, a, a family, uh, you know, in their 30s? With a young kid, it's a, it's a good point, but I think that older people will find it more difficult, and they will find it more disruptive to be be moved about. More, di- more, di- more, disrupt- more disruptive than a, a, a family with two kids, a four and a two-year-old, really? Well, kids, well, families move from house to house anyway, don't they? I mean, as, as you move through life, generally you have more than one property. Where, when you hit if old, you're lucky. older, if you uh, if you reach older life, and um, usually you sort of like that, that's your grounding. That's that's where you want to stay and, and, until you get shipped off to a home or something. <laughs> oh, till you get shipped to oh, okay, Richard. Thank you. We got to move on. Yeah, okay. Well, they can stay in the houses till they get shipped off to a home. Peter, you getting ready to get shipped off to a home? Not at all. Peter and Warmer Green, what would you like to have a whinge about? Uh, well, uh, I, I find that. Uh total lack of democracy you're talking about. I don't know where that came from. Probably from a a hollow drum, that thought, I reckon. It came from a what, sorry? Hollow drum. A hollow drum? Yeah, a drum. A hollow drum? Yes, certainly. What? what? (laughs) I don't... How dare you? I don't get my ideas from a hollow drum. (laughs) Well, it certainly sounds like it. Most of the people... First of all, when they say voting, it's going to affect the younger people as well. Yeah, of course it is. And it also affected the younger people as well when all these older, older people went into the National Service risked their life for the country. Yeah, National Service ended, I think, was it 1959? Something like that. Yes. That's quite... We can't keep harping on about National oh, no, Service. Oh, they risked their lives for the country. Well, not so ev- that affected the young, youngsters on. of the day. Peter, not everybody in National... Very few people in National Service risked their lives. Oh, yes, they did. Well, they didn't. They went and, stayed in, they went and stayed in Wales for six months. Do you, want to, do you want me to explain why? Well, no, because most of them went and stayed when in Wales you, for six months. When you go into national service and you do your training yeah you are then posted and you go where you're posted now it was a lottery whether you went to the korean war cyprus and and the various wars in between okay why does that mean that you should you're over 80 i'm guessing peter so why should you have a vote why should i have a vote yeah because probably probably i've earned more for this country than anyone who's in the media You've, you've earned more for this country? Yeah. Uh, wh- I've been a foreman in two industries, and we've produced... OK, so, 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 so votes, votes are dependent on how much money you've made. Is that well, what you're saying? Well, that's, well, that's, that's, a a benefit. that's a pretty corrupt system. That's a pretty corrupt system. I've never claimed a benefit. Aren't you in social housing? 
uh, uh, answer yes on the social health. Okay, so that that would that's a, that's a benefit. No, no, it isn't because the amount well, I is. paid. Yeah, but that you but... pay for this. Yeah. 10 or 15 or 20 times over. Yeah, I know, but you're, you're claiming you're, you're in social housing, so you're getting a reduced rate on your, your rent, so that is a benefit. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Because you've got landlords charging £190, £200 a week to, yeah. to people, and some of those are, by the way, some of the, those are living in unsafe warehouse conditions. Peter, I've got to move on. You've made your point. Uh, social housing could be classed as, 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 a, as a benefit, but I appreciate your point. Uh, let's get rid of the vote for the over-80s. I'm not saying we should definitely do it. I'm just thinking out loud here. 08459 455 555. Why are we talking about voting? Well, because local election results have been trickling in overnight. Mark Hughes is constituency chairman for UKIP North Hertfordshire and has been standing in the North Hart District Council and Royston Town Council elections and as a candidate in the European uh, election. Morning, Mark. Good morning. Mark, we can't really talk about the European elections too much as we won't get the results till Sunday night, but has UKIP done what was expected, do you think? I think um, it's obviously early. We've seen the results um, in other areas overnight. Our result in North Hearts doesn't declare until probably lunchtime today. But I think the early indications are that we've exceeded um, what was expected of of us. Um, Does that mean you think you've won? Well, when you say won, I mean, I think, um, let's say what winning means for us. Um, I think that we need to see progress and progress on an individual basis is not just um, coming second, it's actually winning seats. So, yeah, we need to win seats. And we've done that overnight. Do you think that you've won your seat? Um, do I think I've won my seat? Well, I, I don't know, because um, I know what my polling numbers were, and they were very encouraging. Yeah. But then again, you know, you suddenly get some quirks, and people might not be giving you um, the information that you, you, you think you're getting. But uh, do I think I've won? Oh, I put my neck on the line. I think I've probably won my seat. OK, well, if, if you have, congratulations. Well, what, what time do we find out, premature. Mark? I do say, you know... This no, you've said it goes. now, Mark. It's on the radio. It's a fact. What, <laughs> what, what time do we find out? You'll um, see. I think they start counting in Letchworth. Um, they start opening the boxes about 10am. We've been told not to expect much activity before midday. Is this a tense day for you? I've got no idea, having not worked in politics. Is, is this a kind of like an anxious... Is this like waiting for your exam results to come through? Mm, I, I think it's the nearest in the UK we have to a public um, execution. Oh, because um, you think people line themselves up and um, you know, people are just going to get knocked down. So we're, we're strange people, politicians. Um, we do it publicly and um, you know, we, we put our heads above the parapet. You know, we don't... No one uh, makes us do it, we do it. So there must be something in our makeup that makes us do it. You should have a bumper sticker. Politicians do it publicly. (laughs) Uh, You swapped uh, from the Tories to UKIP 18 months ago. Are you still convinced that was the right thing to do? Absolutely. I think, um, I I just wish I'd done it sooner. And um, I I look at the um, Conservatives now and they they keep saying, oh, it's a protest vote for UKIP. Well, the public keep protesting and they they clearly are not getting the message on a number of issues. So I think it's, uh, they're still disregarding what the public is saying. So they can't have it both ways. It's a process vote or not. No. UKIP now, I mean, I look in North East Hearts, where when I joined, I think I was member number six. I think now our membership well exceeds in, in three figures, which still doesn't make us the largest party in North Hearts, I doubt, but I tell you what, that's, that's substantial progress. So, yeah, we're, we're on the up. We're on the up. Is it true your home was attacked during the election campaign? Um, sadly, that is the what, case. What happened? Um, well, I mean, uh, the first incident, it was, it was attacked on more than one occasion. Oh. So, um, yeah, there's no place for that in politics. I didn't make public of it, but the press raised it with me. Um, unfortunately, my home was attacked in darkness. Um, uh, 
there was, there was slogans written on my house on the on poster boards and oh, dear. damage. What so, kind of things were they saying? I'm not going to go into it. Okay. I, I don't want to give credence to that at all. Surely, if, if people want to attack you, they do it in the ballot box, don't they? That's, that's Absolutely. Where it I'm be. a Democrat, and you, know, you, you either agree with me or disagree with me. You've got an opportunity to, um, to vote for me or against me. And indeed, one thing that people can't say about UKIP, I mean, my campaign for the European elections began you know, right in January. We've done public meetings right across. I've done probably about 30 public meetings, hustings with other parties. And so even in Royston, we had um, a small town, but we had about 80 people turn up to our public meeting. Um, and, you know, they had the opportunity to question myself and um, uh, our sitting MEP, Stuart Agnew, about uh, questions about uh, that affect them. So they, we, they can't say we weren't there to listen to them. And we've knocked on you know, thousands of doors over the last few months. So, you know, then people want to attack you under the cover of darkness. That, to me, means that they've lost the argument and there's no place for that. Mark, thank you very much. Uh, do let us know how it well, well, obviously, we'll find out how it goes later on in the day. But, yeah, I mean, surely if you, 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 we don't attack people, do we? We don't attack people's homes. We, we, we go in the ballot box and we put an X next to somebody else's name, don't we? That's how it works, isn't it, I think? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A5 heading past Heath and Ridge still closed at the moment. There was an oil spillage earlier at the Flying Fox roundabout, so some recovery works now taking place. The M1 London bound looking very heavy on the sensors, just around Junction 10 of Fluton Airport. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, looking rather heavy at the moment between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 20, Kings Langley. And in Brickywood, looking very heavy on the North Orbital Road, just off the M25. And the Barnet Bypass is looking slow southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus, and starting build up now on the A10 between the New River Trading Estate and also Junction 25 Enfield. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Nicola. Coming up in the next 30 minutes of the show, voting for the over 80s, should it be abolished? I'll tell you more and explain it better in a minute. 08459 555 BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the news now. Here's Simon. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The headlines, UKIP are celebrating a strong showing in the local elections, picking up around 25% of the vote in seats they were contesting. With a third of the results in, the party have already beaten their target of gaining 80 seats, including one in Broxbourne in Hertfordshire. Five councils in Hertfordshire have already declared their results. St Albans remains under no overall control. Labour held Stevenage and the Tories held well in Hatfield, Broxbourne and Hartsmere. Train company First Capital Connect has lost the contract to run services from Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire into London. The government has awarded the new contract for the Thameslink and Great Northern routes to Govia. The new seven-year contract starts in September. And an independent Muslim school in Luton has been criticised by Ofsted inspectors for promoting fundamentalist Islamic beliefs. It's possible the Olive Tree School could be closed or taken over by the Department of Education. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England's cricketers have made a winning start to their five-match one-day series, beating Sri Lanka by 81 runs in a rain-affected match at the Oval. Chris Jordan hit 38 off 13 balls to help England post 247 for six from 39 overs. Sri Lanka was set a revised target of 226, but Jordan took three wickets as England bowled them out for 144. Here's England captain Alistair Cook. He hit the ball incredibly cleanly. You know, he always seems to hit the last ball for six in a, in a one-day game and then walk off nonchalant and then, you know, he bowled in. You know, he probably struggled his first couple of overs and then had the break and then he, he really set the tone for us. 
Steve Ninch are inviting applications to join the club's board. They're planning to recruit up to three additional non-executive directors. Norwich caretaker manager Neil Adams has been handed the job on a permanent basis. Former Watford managers Malky Mackay and Gianfranco Zola had been linked with the post. Thomas Bjorn leads the PGA Golf at Wentworth after a course record 62 left him two shots clear on 10 under par. Wobens Ian Poulter is two under, one shot ahead of Buckinghamshire's Luke Donald. Northampton face Bath tonight in Cardiff in the final of Rugby's European Challenge Cup. Tomorrow it's Saracens versus Toulon in the Heineken Cup final. And Ferrari's Fernando Alonso headed Lewis Hamilton to set the pace in a rain-disrupted second practice at the Monaco Grand Prix. Hamilton was fastest in the first session. Qualifying resumes tomorrow as Friday is traditionally left clear of racing. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, did you vote yesterday? Did you have a cheeky little vote yesterday? If you did, who did you vote for and why? We can talk about that. But more interesting, I think, is why didn't you vote? We already spoke to Dave Luton, who uh, didn't vote because he's concerned that it's not um, anonymous, it's not secret, that there's a number on your card and that they can trace back your vote. I mean, really? Does it matter? Kelly Betts didn't vote because she doesn't, it doesn't interest you. Is that right? So I think that's, that's about it. She's on the telephone. We'll find out a bit later on. She told me, and I'm sure she won't mind me saying this, she feels uncomfortable saying that she didn't vote. She doesn't want to offend people about voting. Most people take it very seriously. So why didn't you vote? I wrote 459 455 555. How do we make voting sexier? i tell you how we do it. This is the plan. This is the plan, Justin. Come on, boss. Okay. Hit me with it. Okay. So there's always, oh, young people are apathetic about voting, young people don't want to vote. Okay. Yeah. So what we do is we make voting part of the national curriculum. At the age of 14, we introduce voting into schools. So on, on the ballot day, you don't close down the school, or you, you, the kids have to go in, they have to discuss politics, they have to talk about it, and then they go in and they cast an actual binding vote. 14-year-olds yep. are given the vote. That way... Young people become interested in politics, they realise that it, it can have an impact on their life and they can start making a change that will go on throughout their lives. Right? I think it's a fantastic idea, but yes. at 14 years old, yep. will, will those kids know enough yep. about who to vote for? Yep. Who, will, will they understand? Yes, yes, they will. How? Because 14-year-olds are really intelligent, most of them, some of them yep. are idiots, yep. let's be honest, uh, but most of them are intelligent, and you'll make it part of the curriculum. They don't understand now because their brains are being numbed by Kim Kardashian's backside. <laughs> uh. no idea who that woman is, but a big... But a big round moon face. Very nice. Though, is come all, on. No, come on, it's nice. Anyway, uh, instead of letting them read Heat magazine at break time, they, they, we teach politics. We educate them in politics. We make it part of the national curriculum. It's a lovely idea. No, it, it is a, a great idea. idea. But will it work? I don't know. I can't see it working. The other end of the scale. 80, let's be generous, we've had some people criticising the figure of 80. Let's say 85, OK? Yep. The age of 85, you lose the vote. The pressure's off. You haven't got to think about it, you haven't got to worry about it, the decisions are made. You lose the vote. Because if you vote, if you're uh, 85 next year, 2015, in the general election, there is a, there is a significant chance you won't be around to see the effect that mm. your vote is having. I'm not saying I agree, but, um, but it's harsh, but, but, fair. but yeah, I, I probably go along with, with what some of you're saying there is, is fact, of course. If you're 85 years old and you are voting, um, unfortunately, statistics would say you might not be around for that much longer. Have you been asking people on the street? Have you taken this to the street for us? Yes, I have. I'm, I'm uh, live this morning in Wendover, in Bucks, the home of our big tour. Um, your controversial talking point, 85s and over, uh, should they be banned from voting? I've been asking people about that. Uh, Ian, Ian, here's what's been happening. 
So, Roger, we're here in Wendover for the big tour. Ian back in the studio is saying anybody over the age of 85, they should be denied the vote. It's not right, it's not fair. What do you think? I think it's not right and it's not fair because I think everybody should have the right to vote. I'm 65, so does that mean because I'm a pensioner I shouldn't vote? No, he's talking about 85, not 65. I know, I know, but that will be the next step. Oh, anybody over 65, you know. Mm. Um, it's not just down to young people to vote. It's Everybody has a say in the community. Why, why shouldn't they? I mean, Ian's got the point. He's saying, look, if you're 85 years old, with the greatest amount of respect, you might not be alive that much longer, so what you're voting for won't make a lot of difference to you personally. Do, do you see where he's coming from at yeah, all? Yes, it might not make any difference to the person personally, but it does make a difference to the people in that community that they live in. You're not only voting for yourself, you're voting for what they hope is for everybody else as well, so that everybody benefits. And if you don't have that vote, then it could be make or break. Do you care about voting? I do, and I'm not telling you who I vote for, though. <laughs> Why won't you? Because it's a personal issue. It's a personal have, issue that I affects everyone. I have my everybody. own opinions. Mm-hmm. I have my own, my own opinions, and I don't see that I should tell the whole nation my opinions in that respect of who I should vote for or why. Peter, Ian's views back in the studio. Over 85, so should be banned from voting. What do you think about that? Not really. I think he's a bit of a prat. Why do you think he's a prat? Well, because uh, he might reach 85 one day and he'll want to vote. Well, he probably won't do. Well, if, if he's saying this now, he probably won't want to vote when he gets to 85. Yeah, but he'd be in a different point of view then, wouldn't he? I mean, do you not see any sense to his, his argument at all? Not at all. Still human beings, aren't they? Now, Chris, you're 22 years old and you really care about voting. Um, you're passionate about that. What about your friends? Do they care? No, um, not so much as me, probably, but I, I do like to follow politics and I like to have my say. And if I don't vote, I can't really complain, so I like, I like to vote. Do you try and encourage your, your young friends to vote like you? Um, I try to. I like to kind of bring it up, but then again, like when you're down the pub, you don't always want to be talking about, about <laughs> sort of politics. But yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, if anyone complains, you should vote, and if you don't vote, then that's, that's, that's the problem. OK, and a final point on something that Ian's talking about this morning. Ian's saying that anybody over the age of 85, they shouldn't be allowed to vote. What do you think? No, I don't think that's fair. I think we're, if, if we're going to have a, a civil society, we all need to be able to vote and have our say. And I think it doesn't matter how old you are or what class you come from, you should be able to vote and have your say. The, the, the over the over the pensioners. I wasn't saying pensioners shouldn't get the vote. I'm, I'm specifically saying over 85s. Yeah. Uh, but pensioners do have a huge influence and perhaps a slightly unfair influence on the direction of the country. The bedroom tax, the spare room subsidy, being a prime example. The Tories won't impose the spare room subsidy on pensioners because they know they will lose a significant amount of their vote. Mm. Doesn't sound fair. That doesn't sound like democracy to me. Doesn't really. Uh, but um, you've heard this morning for, from people in Wendover, and certainly um, your views on people over the age of 85 not getting the vote. Um, not one person I've spoken to this morning. Sorry, boss. Not one person no. agrees with you. Hey, listen, I don't mind if people are wrong, but when mm. I'm king, this will happen. <laughs> uh, Scott has uh, tweeted me, uh, throw this into the mix. Men can vote up to 85, but women can only vote up to 70 because they're less emotionally stable. <laughs> Would you like me to take that one to Prob- the Probably best no. that we yeah. don't, Justin. Yeah, we'll probably that best one. that we don't. Uh, you're, you're doing your show tomorrow at 9 till 12. Well, do we know what's happening on there? Yes, um, tomorrow morning we have got an amazing guest on the pro. 
programme, have you ever heard of somebody called Albert Hammond? No. Oh, no, I have. He's a guitarist, isn't yeah, he? Free electric band. Yep. Never rains in Southern California. Um, he's our guest tomorrow. He's uh, appearing in Luton tomorrow night. Not only has he performed some incredible songs, but he's an incredible songwriter. He's written songs such as When I Need You by Leo Sayer, The Hollies, Beautiful. The Air That I Breathe. Beautiful. Tomorrow morning, he'll be telling us the story behind some of his most famous songs. And it's definitely Albert Hammond, not Albert Hammond's brother. Nope, definitely Albert Hammond. Beautiful. I look forward to listening to that, Justin. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much indeed. Now, the rail company... By the way, if you want to have your say on the voting thing, 08459 555 555. The rail company First Capital Connect has lost the contract for the Thameslink line. The Department for Transport has announced that Govia has won the new seven-year contract. Neil Middleton from Harpenden is the chairman of the Association of Public Transport Users. Good morning to you, Neil. Good morning. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Neil? Are you, you going to miss First Capital Connect? I miss some of the people at First Capital Connect who've been very helpful to us and to other travellers in the past. But equally, you know, I think a lot of what goes on in the rail industry is determined by, by both combination of network rail who won't be changing at all, and the government, who, of course, are not changing either. So, uh, you know, in one sense, there's not going to be a vast amount of change, certainly in the short, ch- in the short term, I suspect. Do we know much about Govia? Yep, Govia run, the, run a lot of rail franchises, and in particular they run on the Brighton main line uh, between London and well, Brighton. Do you have a relationship with, with Govia yet, or, do, or does it mean you have to build new contacts and new I'll, links? I'll have to build new contacts there. I mean, we met, we met them and the other people who, uh, who lost the bid during the, during the franchise uh, bidding process, and, you know, they've promised, uh, you know, heavy, heavy engagement with their stakeholders, and the, and the great news is that the new contract for the franchise from, that the government set actually makes that a, 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 an essential requirement for the franchisee to engage with, with us and other people in the community. We've, we've, we've heard very little, but what we have heard is that Govia will have uh, longer trains. And, and uh, First Capital Connect has been criticised in the past for overcrowding and keeping to, to timetable. So potentially could be an improvement. It, it could be, although, of course, you know, the problem we always have in, in assessing something like this is we have no idea... What, what, what First Capital Connect promised the government in their bid. But no, I mean, the good news is that there are more trains coming and, and, and they, those trains are, are now being built in Germany and, and we're going to come irrespective of who won the franchise this time around. Neil, thank you very much indeed. We'll, no doubt we'll speak to you as this story progresses. Neil Mild- Middleton from Harpenden, Chairman of the Association of Public Transport Users, talking about the story that's uh, broken in the last 50 minutes or so, that the rail company First Capital Connect has lost the contract for the Thameslink line. We're talking about voting this morning, who you voted for, why. That's kind of a little side issue that we can focus on. I'd like to know if you didn't vote this morning, why, uh, you didn't vote yesterday, why you didn't vote. And I'm not one of those people that judges you. I, I, I do think... I think I subscribe to the school of thought that not voting is a protest. Kelly, am I allowed to... I know you're a little bit uncomfortable about talking about not voting, aren't you? Yes. What? Can I ask why? Of course. Because I don't want to offend anyone. I've been given a right and I feel that lots of people think that I should use it. But there's just no... There isn't uh, a political party that I believe in enough, really. What about the Tories? Nope. The Labour's? Nope. Lib Dems? Nope. UKIP? What band are they? A band? This is the thing. Now, is it is it because you don't know enough about them, or because you don't think they are speaking to you? Both. Right. If you'd have been encouraged to vote at the age of fourteen, yeah. a few years ago, five yeah. years ago, 
do you think that would have had a difference? If, 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 if politics, because politics, it, a lot of it's really, really boring, but some of it's quite sexy, some of it's exciting. Yeah. Would you, do I you think, think yeah. that you, that would have changed your opinion? I think um, as a 14-year-old child, to be uh, made to feel a part of something yeah. would have made me feel a little bit more interested. Okay, do you want to feel a part of something now? Go on then. What, what am I feeling a part of? Ouch. 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. It's 7.45, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel. Here's Nicola. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London-bound looking heavy around Junction 10 for Luton Airport. Just getting in the A5 has now reopened and that was just at the Flying Fox roundabout after an earlier oil spillage. In Brickett Wood looking heavy on the North Orbital Road just off the M25 and in Bromwood slow moving on the Barnet Bypass between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. The A10's looking very heavy heading southbound between the Great Cambridge Road and Junction 25 for the M25. So far on the trains, no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Radio. Thank you very much. Right, 7.46 exactly. It's Friday the 23rd of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The UK Independence Party has made major gains in local elections with over 80 new councillors, including one in Broxbourne in Hertfordshire. Train company First Capital Connect has lost the contract to run services from Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire into London. The government has awarded the new contract for the Thameslink and Great Northern routes to Govia. And an independent Muslim school in Luton has been criticised by Ofsted inspectors for promoting fundamentalist Islamic beliefs. 7.46, let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there, a bit of cloud around still, but the, uh, it is thinning out to allow us some sunny spells and they'll continue through the day. Now we've got some showers that will infiltrate probably from about lunchtime onwards and they're going to be fairly heavy as well, quite sharp showers. But because there aren't too many of them around, you could actually end up with a dry afternoon and in the sunshine it might feel quite pleasant too. We've got temperatures reaching about 17 or 18 degrees Celsius, perhaps getting a touch above that if you are escaping those showers. Now they continue through the night in certain places We've got temperatures down to about 10 or 11 degrees Celsius, but a very wet day to come tomorrow. It's going to be quite hard to escape them tomorrow. We've got outbreaks of showery rain from the start. Uh, there will be some drier spells, but uh, they do continue all the way through until the evening when they, when they then clear to the west. We've got temperatures tomorrow only getting to about 16 degrees Celsius, so a bit cooler as well. It is an improving picture, though, as we head through the bank holiday weekend. Sunday starts off cloudy with outbreaks of showery rain, but it becomes brighter later on with some sunny spells and Monday is looking like a day of sunshine and showers but becoming a bit more windy from Tuesday onwards. That's your latest forecast. Thank you very much. Jill, I've got your email about faith schools. It's a long one so I will will read it at some point in the near future. Don't think I'm ignoring it. On Sunday afternoon, Luton Town Centre will be a sea of feathers or you could call in families and flamboyance. I think the atmosphere of it all will be amazing. Um, 08459 455 555. We'll be live from there all afternoon. afternoon. Join me, Gareth Lloyd. And me, Nana Aquir. As we host the main stage in the centre of St George's Square. Or if you can't get down to Luton, tune in to me, Tim Wheeler. And me, Richard Williams, from two to hear from the people taking part. People going along, dancing and singing. 
the people behind the costumes. There's um, Kenta print material and anchor print material made into like shredded skirts. And the people who make it happen. I am with Bubbles and Thelma who are playing steel pans down at the VIP tent. Luton International Carnival 2014 live, live. Sunday afternoon from 2 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, I've made myself laugh. Shirley's in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Shirley. Good morning, Ian. Shirley, what would you like to say? I am so angry with you. Thank you. I really am. How dare you say that women over 70 are unstable? You, what right have you got to say that? Can I? Can, I'm assuming you're over seventy. No, I'm not. I'll be seventy this year. Okay. Can I say women who are sixty-nine don't listen properly? Could I say that? No, you can't. Ah. I think that's downright rude. Okay. What? What? Okay. Can I say women who are sixty-nine called Shirley and Milton Keynes don't listen properly? I do listen properly. Yes, I do. So I, what was, do, what, I was sitting at the table having my breakfast listening to you. What are you having for breakfast? And what, um, porridge I had. Oh, lovely. And what you said was just... It just made me tell, so cross. Shirley, tell, tell me what I said. Well, you were saying that women are, are 70 and over are not stable. OK. And in what context was I saying that? Well, you, you were talking about voting. Yeah, OK. Shall I make you love me again? Well, you can try, but I, I don't know whether it'll work. It will work if you listen. I wasn't saying those were my thoughts. I was reading out a message from someone called Scott Balcony. Right. I was reading his. Scott Balcony has messaged me saying, throw this into the mix. Men can vote up to 80, but women can only vote up to 70 because they're less emotionally stable. So I wasn't... I, I was saying it, but only in the context of reading somebody else's words. Well, I think he needs to be flipping... Whatever. He needs to be flipping whatever, doesn't he? Yes, he certainly does. And I, and Shirley, I agree with him. Uh, no, I agree with you. That's it. Hang on. I agree. I agree. <laughs> oh, nearly. I agree with you. So, so, are we still friends? Okay, well then I'll apologise. Go on then. I'm sorry. Would you like to uh, get in my car later on? We'll drive round the streets until we find this Scott Balcony and we'll no. flip him whatever him. No. You no. don't want to? No. Do you want to go no. out for a McDonald's? No, I don't. Little no. dance? No. No, Share no, a bowl of porridge with me? No, no. Do, do you have it? Do you have it salty or sweet? Sweet. Yeah, I never got. I never got the, why the, the Scotch have it salty. No, no. It's a I. weird thing, isn't it? Salty mm. porridge. It's, uh, horrible, disgusting. Shirley, I appreciate your call. Okay. Take care. Ta ta. There we go. That was that uh, bomb neatly diffused. <laughs> Thank you, Shirley. Oh eight four five. We're going to go. We're going to go and find this Scott Balcony character, um, and uh, we're going to flip him whatever him. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number uh, if you want to co- give us uh, a call. Now, for the first time, a piece of public art has been commissioned to recognise the Bletchley Park codebreaker Alan Turing as a homosexual, and it's going to be put up outside a gay nightclub. The mathematician who helped to bring World War II to an end was convicted. Get this. I have to keep emphasising this because there are young people who won't know this. He was convicted of homosexual activity. It was gay. Uh, it was illegal to be gay. 
It was illegal to be gay. Uh, but he received a royal pardon last year. Now, Pink Punters in Fenny Stratford plans to put up a colourful piece of art to recognise him as a gay man. Our uh, man on the street, Justin Dealey, has been finding out if people who visited the venue know who Alan Turing is. Well, first of all, sir, Alan Turing. Have you ever heard of Alan Turing? No, I can't say I have. Okay, so you have been to Pink Punters, you've been to the nightclub. Um, What's your thoughts on on this piece of art being outside the nightclub? Do you think it will work? Do you think people will respect it and appreciate it? I think the fact that nobody knows who he is um, is going to be an issue or could potentially be an issue. I think Alan Carr, yes. Alan Turing, not so sure. Um, I didn't know who he is. That said, uh, there should be no reason for anybody to... Um, damage it willfully because it's a respectful monument, I guess, to somebody who's done well, not in this decade, but in a different decade. Um, I think it's a great tribute to somebody that did a great job. However, I didn't know who he was. But on the whole, you're quite surprised about this, aren't you? Yes. Well, here's somebody else who has been to Pink Punters. When you went, did you have a good night? I had a lovely night. Terrific. Now, the name Alan Turing, does that ring any bells with you whatsoever? No. None at all. Okay. Well, Alan Turing was gay. Um, he was a, a World War II codebreaker, and they're planning on putting a, a piece of art up to commemorate his work outside Pink Punters. As somebody who's been there, what do you think about that? I think that's a great idea. I'm sure that would have made him pleased that there was eventually a day and age where he could be out. Because I'm sure he wasn't back then. Well, Gail Dallas joins me now, project coordinator at Pink Punters. Morning, Gail. Yes, good morning. Now, I've not been to Pink Punters. What is it? Is it a nightclub? I hear there's an IT section. What exactly is it? Well, it's a huge venue um, for the LGBT um, um, group of people that visit um, Milton Keynes and also the residents that that live there. Um, It's a very vibrant and exciting club, um, quite large as well. So if you come to the club, you'll have a... A fantastic welcome. Um, as soon as you walk in, you can see that everybody's very relaxed and friendly. Um, so all those groups of people, and straight people also, visit and go and have a very relaxed and enjoyable time. Why an Alan Turing statue? Um, well, the directors at Pink Panthers have always felt that there ought to be um, a tribute to Alan Turing in Milton Keynes. Um, preferably in the city centre, so that everybody can be educated and enjoy the work. Um, However, these types of projects cost lots of money, and um, the council are are quite strapped for cash for these sort of projects. So um, Pink Punters felt they ought to um, contribute to the work of art, and obviously were very pleased when I approached them with the idea. Um, and that's where we started from. It's being unveiled. Is it June the, the, June the 23rd, isn't it? Something yes, like it'll that. be June the 23rd, which is actually his birthday, right. so it's a little present for him. Now, it says here it's colourful. That yes, worries me, Gail. What's it going to look like? Well, we were not going to give very much away because, obviously, um, we'd, we'd like to keep it under wraps because it is his birthday present. So, um, And also, it's going to be quite exciting on the day to see something really quite groundbreaking, we feel, um, not only to educate people as they walk by the club and see it, but um, just as a beautiful piece of art. Um, I can tell you that it will represent Alan in a very positive light. It will be very colourful. Um, it will include the gay rainbow and also Alan's face. Um, and we're hoping that 
it will engage people in a dialogue when they look at it and we can um, give an explanation of what he did also um, by the artwork. So it will enlighten and inform people that this person... Um, is he going to have, and I didn't know that rainbows were gay, but is he going to have the gay rainbow like a sort of David Bowie motif on his face? No. Oh, OK. Well, no, no. I no, we've I been very respectful and the treatment of the work is, we feel, very, very um, poignant um, for him. I think he'd have been quite thrilled with it, actually. Brilliant. Well, listen, I wish you the best of luck. Speak to us nearer the time of the, the unveiling and um, yes, maybe yes, we'll certainly. send Justin or someone down there to have a little look. All right. Gail, thank you very much. Gail Dallas, project coordinator of Pink Punters. Uh, got some texts on voting. Ah, oh, this is a nice one. I thought Kelly didn't vote because she couldn't reach the little pencil. That little pencil is massive. <laughs> nice one Kels Ian what you Ian what you do about voting is take away everyone's right to vote for three years everyone will protest about it and then when it's given back more people will vote I've been I don't know if that would work necessarily I think everyone will go oh well never mind I've been in countries where they have recently had to fight to be allowed to vote and the turnout is huge despite the dangers in those countries countries towards people who do vote. The complacency in the UK towards voting needs to be changed. Uh, I did promise I'd read Gail's uh, email. I think I can squeeze it now. We're talking about faith schools. Should uh, faith be taught in schools? Should there be faith schools? Ian, your expert Terry. Terry was a secularist, wasn't he? Yes, not humanist, secularist. Your expert Terry has annoyed me. Both our children go to a faith school. Both schools teach all religions and teach in a secular way. The only times religion comes into lessons is ethical debates. But these consider both arguments, secular and religious. And, of course, assembly times where the school favours a more traditional assembly that all schools in England followed, putting God at the heart of the assembly. I found Terry's comments that schools said faith schools promote their religion is the true faith is not true at all and smacked of having a pop at a particular faith, that of the school who was under Ofsted inspection. Shame on him. I would like to have liked... I would have liked you to have challenged him on that point, as quite frankly it was offensive. Well, is it is it offensive to, to, to think that a faith school is going to focus more on that faith? I don't think so. A Jewish school is going to focus more on Judaism. A, a Muslim school is going to focus more on Islam. A Christian school is going to... It is, isn't it? Or have I got that completely wrong? 08459 four double five five double five. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Nicola. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 London bound looking busy around Junction 10 for Luton Airport. Queuing at the moment on the A414, that's in both directions, between Junction 7 <laughs> and the Leverstock Way. The A41's also mm. looking slow, heading eastbound between Two Waters Road and Junction 20 for the M25. So far in Boreham, we're looking slow on the Barnet Bypass, heading it southbound oh, between Barlet Lane and the Mill Hill Circus. So far taking a look at the trains, not seeing any reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three. Nicola, I'm so sorry. You may not have noticed this because you are a professional. The listener may not have noticed this because they aren't listening this morning, it turns out. My microphone was on for a little bit of your uh, travel bulletin there. I heard you snoring. Sorry? (laughs) Oh, God, she heard it. Well, it was... uh, Oh, blah. Well, um, there's nothing for me to say, is there, really? Apart from that's awkward. (laughs) No worries. Ta-ta. Let's get the news with Simon. Turn this flipping mic... Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's eight o'clock. The headlines, surge of support for UKIP in local elections. First Capital Connect loses train contract and Muslim school in Luton criticised by Ofsted. BBC Three Counties Radio. Support for the UK Independence Party has surged in the local elections with the party taking around 25% of the vote in the wards it contested. UKIP has already exceeded its target of 80 new councillors, including one in Broxbourne in Hertfordshire, with only a third of authorities having declared their results. The Conservative Party chairman and well in Hatfield MP Grant Shapps is ruling out any deal with UKIP at next year's general election. UKIP leader Nigel Farage has heralded last night's results. You can see from last night there are bits of Essex, there are bits of Yorkshire like Rotherham. You know, th- th- there are areas across the country where now we've got an imprint in local government and we're under the first-past-the-post system, we are serious players. And what we will do over the course of this summer is we will choose our target constituencies and throw the kitchen sink at them. Five councils in Hertfordshire have already declared their results. St Albans remains under no overall control. Labour held Stevenage and the Tories held well in Hatfield, Broxbourne and Hartsmere. Elsewhere in Hertfordshire, counting takes place today for Three Rivers, North Hearts and Watford councils, plus the Watford mayoral election. Counting also takes place in Milton Keynes, where all 57 seats on the council were contested following boundary changes. Train company First Capital Connect has lost the contract to run services from Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire into London. The government has awarded the new contract for the Thameslink and Great Northern routes to Govia. The new seven-year contract starts in September. Govia currently run the London Midland franchise from Milton Keynes into London. Neil Middleton from Harpenden is the chairman of the Association of Public Transport Users. They've promised uh, you know, heavy, heavy engagement with their stakeholders. And the, and the great news is that the new contract for the franchise from, that the government set actually makes that a, 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 an essential requirement for the franchisee to engage with, with us and other people in the community. An independent Muslim school in Luton has been criticised by Ofsted inspectors for promoting fundamentalist Islamic beliefs. It's possible the Olive Tree School could be closed or taken over by the Department of Education, as Tony Fisher reports. Chair of Governors Farisat Latif said the inspectors visited the school looking for anything that could tarnish their reputation as a Muslim school. He said Ofsted is now punishing the school by portraying it as a hotbed of extremism and nothing could be further from the truth. An Ofsted spokesman said they'd shared a draft copy of the inspection report in confidence with the school and its conclusions will be published shortly. The US Coast Guard says it will suspend its search for a British yacht in the Atlantic Ocean at the end of today if no sightings are made. The four men on board disappeared last Friday. In Sport England's cricketers have made a winning start to their five-match one-day series, beating Sri Lanka by 81 runs in a rain-affected match at the Oval. The weather, early showers clearing to leave some sunny spells, but the showers will return, possibly heavy and thundery by this evening. A maximum temperature 19 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's cuteness and the walks. There's brilliant walks. If you're a dog lover, it's a great place to be. It's all about where you live. We're a big mixture. A lot of people moved in, but I know people who've always lived here. We're featuring Wendover. We've got the Wendover Woods. It's a nicer community. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. And suddenly it's nearly four minutes past eight. My weekend starts in 56 minutes. Beautiful. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been, um, it's been, um... 
Yeah, it's been a feisty show this morning. People are getting um, upset. About lots of different stuff. Some of the things we're talking about include the head of an independent Muslim school in Luton says an Ofsted report accusing the school of promoting fundamentalist Islamic beliefs is full of fabrications. We're also talking about voting. Kind of started off, because we can talk about voting now that it's finished. Kind of started off by asking... If you didn't vote, why you didn't vote. And then it's got me on to my master plan, a thing that I think will actually work. To encourage younger voting, we start voting at 14 in schools. And also, we stop older people voting. At the age of 85, you lose the vote. Makes perfect sense to me. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Joyce is in Leegrave. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning. Did you... (laughs) (laughs) You, We don't get as much whistling on the streets as we used to, and I blame the death of the milkman. I like whistling. I whistle when I feed the birds in the morning, throw the crust out. Ooh. Throw the crust of what out? The bread. The bread. You're not supposed to feed the birds when it's nice. Oh, no, they're all up in the morning and it's all gone in about 10 minutes. Yeah, I know, but you're, you're depriving them of their um, abilities to look after themselves by feeding them when the weather's oh, nice. Well, you do what you like, but I like to see them sitting on my fence. Here's a thing. You sit on your fence. Doesn't that hurt? The birds do. Here's a thing. You're, you're not... No, hang on a second. This is important because right. there are people be going out to feed the ducks this weekend. Oh, right. You're not supposed to feed the ducks bread. No, I've heard of that. It expands oh. in their stomach and causes them to die. That's right. And yeah. what about the swans? Something about the swans. Yes, yeah, you're not supposed to strangle them or eat them. They belong <laughs> to the Queen. You're yeah, not supposed to eat them. You're, you're, the Queen's allowed to eat a swan and she does every Thursday. They look lovely, don't they? Don't they look beautiful on your plate? I wonder what, I wonder what swan tastes like. I bet it's a really posh meat. Lord knows. Yeah. Anyway, Joyce, thanks for calling. Uh, no. Oh, no, you, had, you had a point. No, Sorry, I do apologise. You did let yourself down this morning talking to Peter. Peter and Warmer Green. You, yes, you did let him down, let yourself down because there's three little words: respect, respect, respect. And his, his, uh, uh, and you uh, didn't have any. His, his, his four little words has to be earned. Well, he has earned it. How? All his life, he's done lots for you and lots of people for me and everybody else, and I've done lots of people. The, the people of that age generation, Ian, they, I know they work now, but we, we have to okay. work at 14, and we put a lot into this country, and I think they deserve a little bit more we well, do than what you said. Uh, uh, what, what, Poor old uh, Peter. What, well, now you're patronising him. No, he's, no, he was Now you're right. patronising. He deserves more than patronisation. No, 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 I don't patronise. Well, Speak oh, the truth. You're doing it now. But, Joyce, in what way was I disrespectful to Peter? You were talking him down all the time. And what did I say? Give me an example. No, no, I, I listened well, to it and all your listeners no. did. And to be honest, no. um, you were criticising him. No, 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 I didn't. What, you, you need to give me an example because I genuinely don't think I criticised him. What did I say that was critical of him? Well, you were, he was saying about conscription and this and you didn't do that and you didn't do that. Everything he was saying, you were... You know, arguing with him. Well, no, no, no. Well, that, that's ah, but that's not talking down to him. Well, that's not talking down to him or being disrespectful. If I weren't to have an argument, if I weren't to discuss uh, my thoughts and my feelings with him, that would be disrespectful yeah. to him because I would just be letting him say what he wanted without being challenged, which I think is very disrespectful. 
I mean, I always speak the truth, but the thing being... In your, in, you, speak, it, you always speak your truth. I speak truth, yes. You always speak your truth, which is a big uh, no, difference. No, I speak the truth. As you see it. <laughs> no, what we've been brought up to do, yeah. and it's uh, what you say, what goes around comes around, Ian. I don't say that. No, no, I, I do. But, no, but you, you, speak <laughs> your, you speak your truth as you perceive it. We well, can only speak out. We can only speak our truth. We've never been taught to say lies. We speak as we were taught and brought up. Okay. And yeah. How anyway, do you think? How do you think? Program. No, no. Hang on a second. How do you think Peter would feel with you stepping in uh, up to the plate for him like this to use an Americanism? Well, I do hope that I'm speaking up for people like Peter mm. because the more we have you know, listening to each other, mm. the more people you come on your programme, you rather think frightened it's... to come on in case they get Oh, no, no, those people are fine. Listen, no. do you not think it's a bit patronising? No, I don't. OK, let's ask Peter. Peter, is it a bit patronising what Joyce is doing? No, not at all. I, I, I Hi, thank Peter. you very much for trying to defend me, but uh, I can hold my own very well. I know you can, him. but I... And, and I, I quite like his character because he, he's much more intelligent than he tries to make out. He hides for it, a start. He? he? hides it, does he? Oh, <laughs> he, he, is, uh, he just agitates a little bit, if you I put know. it that way. He gets us all going and gets our blood yes, going, doesn't he? I, I don't really rise to his bait, but what I do is pull him up when, he, when I know he doesn't know what he's talking about. You say the truth. <laughs> That's right. That's good. Anyway, yeah. it's nice talking to you, Peter. Yeah, you too. And we see you tomorrow, and thank Ian. you anyway. Thank you. We'll listen to you tomorrow, Ian. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Wasn't that nice? <laughs> Wasn't that nice? Local election results have been trickling in overnight, and Auburn's District Council was in no overall control before last night's count. Well, our political reporter sent us information over this morning. The Conservatives and Labour have gained two seats each. The Lib Dems are down two seats overall, with the Conservatives one short of overall control. We can speak now to Julian Daly, the Conservative leader of St Albans District Council. Uh, Julian, d- disappointed not to have, have gained overall control? Uh, good morning, Ian. Um, I th- yes, I suppose so, but I didn't think it was a realistic expectation given the, uh, the wall-to-wall coverage of UKIP. It made it very hard to, to call what way the vote was going to go last night. Do you, do you think that, um, that, that UKIP have had too much coverage and, and that that's detracted from, from your votes? Um, <clears throat> I feel like the, the folks you just had on, on, on the phone. The, um, you know, what is too much? That's, that's your call, isn't it? You're, you well, no, you, me- said, you, you said and the media ch- ch- chosen to, to, to talk, talk about them. No, no, I, I, I haven't at all. On the I haven't at all, Peter. You, uh, Julian, sorry. You, you've just said the wall-to-wall coverage. I wonder what that meant. Had you not noticed it? The uh, press coverage, the television coverage, lots on BBC, some on ITV, uh, Sky TV. Uh, it's just, you know, I understand it's novel and... Uh, you sound and a little bit bitter about it, are you? No, I just, it just made it uh, hard to tell what the vote was going to be. It was surprisingly small, in, in, I thought, in, in uh, St Albans compared to the coverage. Are, are you saying that people... That in that London too, I think. Are you saying that people can't make their own decisions? Are you saying that, that, that the coverage influenced people to such, a, such an extent that they didn't no, no, vote oh, for you? You're, miss, you're missing my point. It, 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 my view on the out, outcome of the election was coloured by trying to second-guess what people were going to do in terms of voting for UKIP, I think. It was interesting that, that UKIP did well, relatively poorly compared to what the uh, national coverage... Why would you be second-guessing... And by the way, we're only talking about UKIP now because you've raised it. Why would you be second-guessing what, what, what people who are voting for UKIP are going to do? Why would you not be concentrating on, on your policies and pushing those forward? I did. But, uh, people were asking me what... Uh, the press were asking me what did I think the outcome was going to be today, or as of last night. 
And uh, I, my, my honest answer was that I hadn't the foggiest because uh, the introduction of, of um, a fourth party in many of, or more in many of our seats made it very hard to call. And that's democracy, and that's what's, what's so great about this country, isn't it? It is, and it comes back to one of your earlier comments in your, in your build-up to this. Uh, it'd be good if more people voted. It was quite a good turnout, I think, compared to last time we had Euros, but it's still only 40 and a bit percent. Um, so there's a good, good chunk of people out there not voting. So I'm, well, I don't, well, I don't endorse your idea of giving, pushing the voting age down and uh, not allowing, allowing older people to vote. It'd be interesting to see if you can tease out things that do cause people to vote. Um, or more people to Julian, can I... You sound disappointed. I'm tired. Oh, really? <laughs> really Have you been up tired. all night? We, we, we only drew stumps after four o'clock. I should have probably started oh, out. Good morning, Ian. Please forgive me. I'm probably... Yeah. Oh, no, no, OK. No wonder you sound a bit down. I was, I was, uh, you've gained two seats. That, that, that's got to be good news. Um, yeah, it, it's, we're, we're basically where we were before. Like, this time last year, we had 29 seats. We now have 29 seats. I think you're... Um, you're uh, the people briefing you are just pointing out we had two vacancies in our seat, mm. so we were, we were one, one from a death and one from somebody leaving the area uh, just before the elections, and we've replaced those with Conservatives. How yeah. do we get this? Because I, I do think this is a genuine uh, a problem. Uh, uh, how do you think we get more people to vote and younger people to vote? Uh, I, I really don't know the answer to that, Ian. I think there's, there, is, there is a degree of engagement. I think um, the positive thing for, for Conservatives in St Albans is that uh, we have held our seats. If you look at the uh, local authorities around us or, or anywhere else in the country, by and large, the Conservatives have lost a few seats. Um, uh, we haven't. I think people are clearly giving us credit for delivering um, a, a good council. Um, my, my kids, one of my daughters, has uh, voted for the first time yesterday, and it's quite interesting listening to her telling me this morning the conversation she had with her 18 around about 18-year-old um, friends, um, the discussions about politics and trying to engage. So they're, they're, they're very interested in what's going on. I think they just feel perhaps slightly scared to get in, in, involved and perhaps somewhat distracted with other things going on uh, around them. It's, uh, I think they, certainly in local government, that, that, that affects everybody's quality of life. And the more we can get the message out, uh, the better. And if you can help with that, then great help, gratefully received. Julian, are you, uh, what are you doing for the rest of the day? Are you taking it easy watching Cash <laughs> in the Attic or, or on, on telly, okay. or have you got a busy day? I've got to go to work, as you probably probably know. Most local government people seem to think it's a full time job, and you know we, we're all paid lots of money to do it. It's, it's just not the, not the case. I've got to go and do my day job uh, shortly, but I'm on account of not going to bed till four o'clock. I've uh, they're not expecting to see me first thing. But I've got some pretty heavy duty stuff coming up in the afternoon. Well, Julian, listen, thank you very much for coming on. And I, I know it's, uh, you, you sound absolutely shattered. So, so good luck with the rest of the day. And I hope the weekend brings some rest for you. 08459 four double five five double five. Right. I will turn my microphone down in a second. Then I'm going to press the button. Then Nicola's going to do the travel. And that'll be that. And that'll be groovy. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Bedford, starting to build on around the A428. That's heading eastbound around Bishmead Avenue. The M1 London bound's looking heavy around Junction 10 for Luton Airports and queuing at the moment on the A414. That's in both directions between Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead and the Leavestock Green Way. So far, looking in St Albans, looking rather heavy on all approaches to the roundabout at Catherine Street. The M25 heading clockwise. One lane's closed at the moment between Junction 23, the A1M, and also Potter's Bar, Junction 24. That's due to a broken down 
eastbound vehicle there. So far on the train, seeing delays of up to about 20 minutes on First Capital Connect between Watton at Stone and Stevenage, and that's due to an earlier signalling problem. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. It's 8.16, it's Friday the 23rd of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The UK Independence Party has made major gains in local elections with over 80 new councillors, including one in Broxbourne in Hertfordshire. Train company First Capital Connect has lost the contract to run services from Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire into London. The government has awarded the new contract for the Thameslink and Great Northern routes to Govia. And an independent Muslim school in Luton has been criticised by Ofsted inspectors for promoting fundamentalist Islamic beliefs. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Once you go out to the village, into the hills and things like that, you'll just see what a fantastic place it is. Inviting everyone to where you live. Well, I have to say its location is amazing. And all this week, we're featuring Wendover. We've got the Wendover Woods, it's a nicer community. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. We've got lots of facilities, great schools and all within a walking distance of each other. You're surrounded by countryside, but you've got all the facilities you want in Wendover. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks, featuring Wendover, from BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, Jonathan Vernon-Smith is joining me in the studio, and in many ways, uh, you, you are our new political correspondent. Oh, yeah, oh, I like that. Yes, we've lost, we've lost Paul Scoynes, I think, to the is world. He's asleep. Of, he's asleep. Of course he is. I, I've, I've unfollowed him on Twitter as well until he stops tweeting about elections. But <laughs> you, uh, you were telling me something. We're, we're talking about the problem with the, the lack of young voters. How do we yes. get young people involved in politics? And you were telling me something quite interesting. Well, I, th- I don't think that, that there's a big problem, certainly not. Not where I live, because my next-door neighbour, yeah. she's one of those tellers. Now, what's a teller? They're... A teller. They're the people that sit outside the polling station with their rosette on. They oh, work yeah. for one of the parties. Oh, OK. And... Uh... A nosy Parker. Well, what they do, because it's quite, quite funny watching people's reaction, because yeah. when I went to vote yesterday, I then, I stopped, I sat down, I had a chat with her outside the polling station. An hour I sat there. Yeah. But it's quite interesting, because firstly, you get to see people's reaction yeah. to those outside. Yeah. And some people are really rude. <laughs> so, so Pat said to this, this one lady, she said, hello, can I have your number, please? Because they want to take your number down, so they can then see, has that person voted? They don't know what you voted for, but yeah. they want to know, has, have they voted? Yeah. And if they, if they have voted, then they won't go and knock at your front door and say, oh, you did promise you'd vote for us, right, but okay. you haven't yet. Yeah. Whereas if you don't give them your number, then you're likely to get a knock at the front door later. That's how it works. Yeah. And some people, there was this one woman, she, uh, Pat said, can I, would you mind if I had your number? I most certainly would, she said, oh, stormed past her. Oh, me. Grief. Is there really any need to be like that? Well, well But well. what was fascinating, Yes. so many young people voting yesterday. I've never seen anything wow. like it. I went to vote about seven o'clock. Yeah. Um, and all these young couples, and when I say young, I'm talking early 20s. That's interesting. Couples, one yeah. after another, after another, after another, coming to vote. Mm. It was, a, and I sat there for about an hour, and it was mostly young people voting. <laughs> That's interesting, because we've been saying this morning, and we always say, oh, young people, not interested in politics. I, 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 you didn't know what, who they were voting for. There was no, no. discussion with them. Or Pat anything. next door was trying to work out. How? She was trying to, she said, well, she's not a UKIP supporter. Okay. Yeah. So she said, I hope they're not all turning out to vote for oh, UKIP. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. 
So, uh, but was, I don't know who they were. She was, she was trying to work it out by looking at them. How <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, fantastic! Well, you do get an idea, though, don't you? You do get a sense. Yes, yes. yes. Um, but it was really interesting. Mm. It wasn't. I'd wonder whether it was just the time of the day. I wonder whether older people vote first thing in the morning. Yep. And then young people vote when they get home from work. I'm a young person. I was voting at half past nine last night. Half past nine? Half past nine. I was in, I was in London and I, I got caught in the rain in Oxford Street. It was wonderful. Did you see the rain? Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I, got I nearly got caught in the rain. I got caught in the rain. Did you? Did it wet you through to your pants? Yes, it did. Oh, it's awful, isn't it? it? But once you accept that that's what's happening... Just oh, go with you it. Just go with it. It's like being a child again. Isn't it just? In many ways. <laughs> uh, it means I could wet myself and no one noticed. Mm. What's on your show this morning? Coming up on the big phone in this morning from nine. Yes. Are you pleased or disappointed that UKIP did so well in the local elections yesterday? Support for UKIP has surged in the local elections in England, with the party taking around 25% of the vote in the wards it contested. UKIP has yet to take control of a council, but it has already exceeded its target of 80 new councillors, with only a third of authorities having declared their result. Well, it's been a mixed night for Labour, who gained three councils but lost another. The Conservatives and the Liberal Democrats, they've both seen their share of the vote fall, and they've lost dozens of votes. Mm. Well, on the big phone in this morning from nine, there's been so much hype around UKIP, hasn't there? Are they going to do so well? Had the other parties managed to kind of smear them enough before the election for them for their, their, their game that they were talking about to completely fail well it would appear not mm. they've done very very well the question is are we pleased or disappointed by that i'd love your calls your views on 08459 455 555 this morning from nine Dave, yes thank you very much i shall be listening to that we'll carry on the theme of uh, of politics paul scoines is uh, has been woken up paul where are you and what's going on please sir good morning ian i'm uh, i'm in Arena MK, which is the uh, the bolt-on sort of concert venue uh, next to the stadium MK, which is of course the home of the Milton Keynes Dons. And uh, as I look above uh, the, the, the sort of or look out from the balcony, which is where I'm standing, uh, across the uh, counting hall, the uh, the tables are arranged in a big circle with all of the ballot boxes with their uh, locks on at the moment. Everyone's just getting ready to start the count at nine o'clock, and um, I'm here at the moment because in a about 10 minutes, the leader of Milton Keynes Council, Andrew Geary, is about to hold a press conference. And uh, all we know is that the, uh, the, uh, the, the press conference is about something big and exciting. Um, that's about as much... Well, I know a little bit more about it, but I will wait until he announces it at the moment. But I understand it's going to have some personal significance for him as well. So just here at the moment, I've got... He's uh, going to rip colleague. his head off and announce that he's a lizard. It, he could do the lizard thing, I'm yep. not sure. I'm okay. just here with some members of the press. We've got Amanda and Toby from The Citizen. Hello, chaps. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? I'm all right. Yeah, Amanda, you all right? Hello. I see you've got a, a whole load of Skittles and uh, cookies and so on at your table. You've come well prepared. To what? Them. Yeah, that's my fourth election, so I know what I'm doing. I'm uh, going to be here for the, for the duration, so we figured we'd uh, pack some lunch and some dinner. Amanda? What, is there an election going on? I, I, I'm Yes, good. There are some sweets there as well. James from the MK News as well. James, what have you got there? You've got... Oh, I'm, I'm, I've not, I've not bought stock to be honest. Um, I need to lose weight, so I just thought it's a good day to what just fast, uh, maybe. What on um, earth is going on? <laughs> well, uh, sorry, Ian. I just thought I'd give some colour from the election. You see. That's okay. Well, if, if, if you, Paul, would you mind if we, if we drop the colour? I'm going to speak to the rail.
rail minister now. Is that OK? OK, OK. Thanks very much indeed. We'll, we'll get back to you later on and we'll find out what the announcement is. First Capital Connect has a busy show this morning, isn't it? First Capital Connect has lost the franchise to run the Thameslink line through the three counties. The Department for Transport has this morning announced that Govia Thameslink Railway Limited will be taking over the Thameslink, Southern, Gatwick Express and Greater Northern Rail franchises. The seven-year contract will introduce more than a 1,000 new carriages already under construction on the Thameslink network. Joined now by Rail Minister Stephen Hammond. Good morning, Stephen. Hi, good morning to you. Uh, First Group run First Capital Connect. They've had part of the franchise for eight years. Directors of the company have said they're disappointed with the decision. Why weren't they successful? Well, there were a number of um, bidders. There were five in total. Um, They all went through a very transparent and open process, which uh, was set down by uh, the procurement rules to ensure that the department finds in an open, fair competition the best way to, uh, the best uh, operator for the new franchise. Uh, First Capital Connect, of course, had huge problems with overcrowding and delays. Was, Was that part of the final decision? Well, I don't think it's appropriate for me to comment on why one operator yeah, got it and one other didn't. I want to concentrate this morning, as I'm sure your, your listeners do, on what, are this, what this deal is actually going to benefit. You know, it's going to benefit them because you're going to see a world-class railway that's going to put, uh, to put uh, passengers at the heart of it. So there's infrastructure improvements, so you can see more trains, more seats because of the extra uh, new fleets coming on board. Uh, and that's really good news. And, and I'm, well, so, so overcrowding was part of the problem because this is going to have 50% more, more capacity and 10%, uh, t- sorry, 10,000 extra seats every weekday into central London. Yeah, well, I mean, absolutely, but, you know, this is all part of a plan programme. Uh, part of that plan programme was the Temblink programme, which the previous government didn't deliver and this gov- government is delivering, and part of that, of course, is the Thameslink carriage programme. But also, in addition to that, uh, the new franchisee will be providing two other uh, fleets of trains which are going to add capacity across the whole of this, this particular franchise. So, so overcrowding uh, was a problem. Can we expect these trains to, to be on time? Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, absolutely you can and absolutely we should expect, and we are. I mean, part of that, of course, is because the new infrastructure will allow it to be a lot more reliable. Also, you know, you will, you will know, as your, as your listeners will know, that there is already in place a system which provides penalties for people who fail to keep to time. I want this to be an on-time railway. I have every confidence that this uh, this uh, new franchisee will make the maximum benefit of the new infrastructure that's being put in place and the new carriages that are going to be there. OK, excellent stuff. Thank you very much for your time, uh, Rail Minister Stephen Hammond there. Uh, not confirming that uh, First Capital Connect's problems with uh, overcrowding and uh, delays was a problem, but I think confirming that First Capital Connect's problems with overcrowding and delays was part of the problem. 08459 is the... Uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call talking about voting yesterday did you not vote why not why not do you feel disenfranchised do you feel disconnected do you feel discombobulated irrelevant but just a fun word to say uh and here's my plan this is what we do to get younger people voting is we lower the voting age to 14 we make it part of the national curriculum you discuss politics you look at all the major parties you look at a significant number of the fringe parties uh, and at 14 on uh, election day kids go into school and they vote that way it becomes part of their their process, their growing up process, part of their mentality from a young age. That way, they, they, hopefully, they'll carry that on, or at least a significant number will carry that on as they get older. We also stop people voting at the age of 85. Why? Well, because at the age of 85, uh, if you're 85 next year, 2015, when there's a general election on, there is a stronger chance that you will not be around to see the effect of your vote. 
So, if we just constrict the votes to younger people, then they'll be more inclined to vote and it'll have more of an impact. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. We'll go to travel a little bit earlier just so we can maybe catch a bit of that uh, press conference that's happening in Milton Keynes. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the M25 heading clockwise, there's a lane closed at the moment between Junction 23, the A1M, and also Junction 24 for Potter's Bar. That's due to a broken down vehicle. The M1 looking busy at London bound, just around Junction 10 for Luton Airport. And in Luton, it is looking slow at the moment because of an accident that happened earlier on Dunstable Road in both directions between Skimpot Road and Dunstable Road. And so it is looking slow on camera at the moment. So far, checking on the trains and normal service now resumed on First Capital Connect. That's between Waternut Stone and Stevenage. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much. It's 8.28. We're a little bit earlier than usual, but we want to try and uh, catch what's happening, or at least part of what's happening in Milton Keynes at 8.30. So let's get, let's fingers crossed he's ready. Of course he will be. He is a professional, and he is Mr Simon Oxley. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The headlines, support for the UK Independence Party has surged in the local elections with the party taking around 25% of the vote in the wards it contested. UKIP has already exceeded its target of 80 new councillors, including one in Broxbourne in Hertfordshire, with only a third of authorities having declared their results. Five councils in Hertfordshire have already declared. St Albans remains under no overall control. Labour held Stevenage. The Tories held well in Hatfield, Broxbourne and Hartsmere. And train company First Capital Connect has lost the contract to run services from Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire into London. The government has awarded the new contract for the Thameslink and Great Northern routes to Govia. The new seven-year contract starts in September. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England's cricketers have made a winning start to their five-match one-day series, beating Sri Lanka by 81 runs in a rain-affected match at the Oval. Chris Jordan hit 38 runs off 13 balls and then took three wickets. I mean, obviously there was a bit of rain about today, but I thought that the, the boys did really well to, to stay focused and stay in the game because, you know, sometimes when there's rain about you can switch off and what's not, but the boys were, were really switched on the whole day and um, came up with a win in the end. Stevenage are inviting applications to join the club's board. They're planning to recruit up to three additional non-executive directors. Norwich caretaker manager Neil Adams has been handed the job on a permanent basis. Former Watford managers Malky Mackay and Gianfranco Zola had been linked with the post. Thomas Bjorn leads the PGA golf at Wentworth after a course record 62 left him two shots clear on 10 under par. Woburn's Ian Poulter is two under, one shot ahead of Buckinghamshire's Luke Donald. Ferrari's Fernando Alonso headed Lewis Hamilton's Mercedes to set the pace in a range disrupted second practice at the Monaco Grand Prix. Hamilton was fastest in the first session. Qualifying resumes tomorrow. Meanwhile, the boss of the Milton Keynes Red Bull team, Christian Horner, is again playing down talk of world champion Sebastian Vettel leaving. Why would he want to be anywhere else? There is no sub-agreement, no pre-arrangement you know, with Ferrari. That's just pure media speculation. So whilst we can provide him with a competitive car, whilst he's happy, then it's almost irrelevant of what's written on a piece of paper. And Northampton face Bath tonight in Cardiff in the final of Rugby's European Challenge Cup. Tomorrow it's Saracens versus Toulon in the Heineken Cup final. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at nine. 
call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning! Morning, guys. It's Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I should just uh, tell you, there will be a new podcast out later on today. It's a good one this week. It's feisty. Last week's was great. If you missed last week's, uh, do go and download it, either from the uh, BBC Three Counties website or by going going to iTunes and typing in uh, Ian Lee, BBC. A a really interesting uh, conversation with Darkus Howe, the uh, black activist, who, um, well, he accused me of being a racist, basically. Uh, and says, I expect black people to bow and scrape. That was last week's. Okay, and it's up there. It's up there for 30 days, 23 days now. Uh, this week's will be up. They go up around about sort of, well, they go up on the BBC Three Counties website about midday, one o'clock. And then they get on iTunes either Friday evening or Saturday morning. Uh, this week, some strong stuff in there. Some very strong stuff. And also, we record extra bits that don't go out on the radio. So, wow, I might, it's like a director's cut. It's like bonus footage. Imagine that. Uh, Steve uh, says uh, in the email, votes for 14-year-olds. He's put, in, he's put, in, uh, he's put mm, 14 tier olds I think he means 14-year-olds. What a daft suggestion. At 14 years of age, young people are being brainwashed by lefty teachers. Lefty teachers, wow. Here's a better idea. You only get to vote if you've paid tax and national insurance for at least 50% of the period since the last general election. Steve, it's a terrible idea. So you're disenfranchising all of those people who, through perhaps no fault of their own, are on benefits. All those people who are unemployed, who are perhaps unemployed because of policies by that government, whether it be Labour, Liberals, Conservatives, whatever. You can't disenfranchise... You can't give people the vote because of how much money they've got, and that's ultimately what that boils down to. If they've paid tax, that means they've got money. So you can't do that, I'm afraid. It doesn't work. 08459 555555. An independent Muslim school in Luton has been criticised by Ofsted inspectors for promoting fundamentalist Islamic beliefs. It's possible the Olive Tree School could be closed down or taken over by the Department of Education. The head teacher of the school, Kadir Baksh, wouldn't speak to us this morning. So instead, I'm joined by the chair of governors, Farisat Latif. Good morning to you, Farisat. Good morning. Uh, what do you make of Ofsted's findings? Um, what I'd say it's a concerted campaign to whip up hysteria against Muslim schools led directly by the Secretary of State for Education, Michael Gove. Why would and Michael not- Gove do that? Uh, I mean, Michael Gove is well known to be on the far right spectrum of, of politics. He's extreme Zionist and a racist. Um, and a number of Muslim schools have been targeted in the same way that we have. What's specific about this school, though, isn't it? It, it? The report says it fails to prepare pupils for a life in modern Britain as opposed to life in a Muslim state. Yeah, I mean, that's, it stated that in the report. But when I was reading the report, I, I felt it was less about the school and more about the um, intolerance and bigotry of the inspectors. Well, no, this, this line is specifically about the school, isn't it? For the the yeah. school fails to prepare pupils for life in modern Britain as opposed to life in a Muslim state. Yeah, and that's completely untrue. I mean, we have uh, regular assemblies, weekly assemblies on uh, citizenship. I mean, for example, we've covered issues as diverse as the importance of law and order in society, uh, trust and mutual respect, living in a multi-faith society, being British and being Muslim, because some people believe there's a contradiction. We said there's no contradiction at all. We've also had representatives from the church and other religious... Um, so one, as, one, assembly a week, one assembly a week prepares pupils for life in modern Britain, does it? 
well, not just one assembly a week, but the the the, the, the um the um report failed. You know, completely ignore the fact that we have regular um, visits from other faith leaders, and we have regular assemblies. We also have, I mean, um, in terms of our curriculum, we teach uh, community cohesion and we teach citizenship. Okay. Uh, the, the religious aspect, again, some might argue that doesn't uh, prepare pupils for life in, in, in modern Britain. It, it, it seems that the, the emphasis seems to be, according to this report, that it, 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 uh, the school promotes uh, Sharia laws. Right. Right. Okay. I mean, inspectors, I mean, they, they come in with a fine tooth comb. They were looking for anything they could find against our school. They went we, through the. Well, we, we, would, well, expect, we would expect yeah. inspectors to, to well, go through I, things I would, with a fine I, tooth I, comb. You see, I have no problem with, um, with, with scrutiny. The, the issue is, um, is the disparity in, in, the, in the way that we've been treated. They went through. Um, Do you teach the, Sharia law? Well, what, what do you understand as Sharia law? I don't know. You, t- you tell me. Well, okay, we don't, we, we don't teach Sharia law. We have an Islamic curriculum that teaches the re- children the basic fundamentals of their religion, which is the prayer, the fasting, the pilgrimage to Mecca, respect for parents, respect for others. So we, we don't teach anything to do with what, what you would define as Sharia there, law. There are books about stoning women. Okay. We have uh, a library in our school. Uh, we actually have two libraries. We have a, a children's library consisting of about... 800 books. Are there books about stoning women in your well, school? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll answer your question. We have a library of about 800 books for children, of, of which 95% of those books are written by non-Muslims. We've had authors as diverse as Rodal and Anne Frank. Okay. We also have... A, are are there books about book. stoning women in, yeah. your, in your school? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm coming to that. Well, well that's to the, that. That, if we could get to it now, because that's yeah, the question. Yeah, I, well, no, I'm, I'm coming to that. Well, we'll so come to it with the great respect, yeah, Mr. Mr. Nothing, Latif. There's nothing in, so there's nothing in the children's library that has anything to do with stoning or sharing So what library is it in? We, have a, we also have a, a have staff library. library. We have a staff library. Uh, and nearly all the books in our staff library have been donated to us by parents or other staff. And in that staff library, they found one book. There's one book out of a thousand that contains one paragraph. It's in a chapter. It's, it's a book on nurturing children. It's, it was one chapter that talks about certain social vices in society. It mentioned alcohol, drug abuse, pornography, uh, adultery. Um, and, and some, some other things as well. And it mentions that the Prophet Muhammad stated that the punishment for adultery is that the, the, the adulterous man and woman, if they're married, should be stoned. So it's one paragraph in a book of 400 do pages. You, it's one book out of... Uh, out of what do you think, Mr Latif? Do you, do, you think, do you think women should be stoned if they, if they see, commit I, adultery? See, see, I don't... Well, the book doesn't say women. It says that the married man and woman. OK, I mean, well, so let's, let's ask. Do you think people should be stoned if they commit adultery? What? In an, well, see, this is this is this is the point. We are not promoting this in our school. No, no, I'm just asking we'll, you, Mr. Latif, with the greatest respect. I don't care no, about the books. Another, Could you book answer the question? Do you think it's appropriate for people to be stoned I, I, if they are, are adulterous? In, in an, well, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, stated that in, in, in an Islamic state, if they're, if they're caught in the act and the thought witnesses, that's the punishment. That's the, that's the teachings of Islam. But the problem here is... So you believe... Just to clarify for me, just to clarify for me, because I want to make sure no, I follow no, this. I just want to make sure another point. There's just another so we, we can make there. that, Mr. Latif. Mr. Latif. There's another book which they completely failed Mr. to Latif. point out to us that states, there's another book that states that over 18 different crimes should be subjected to stoning to death. Can I, I just want to clarify... Did object to that book. Mr Latif. Did object to that book. Mr Latif, can did, I did, just... Did you see my point? No, I don't see your point. I just want to clarify... I'm saying there's another... Okay, I'll repeat it. There's another book in our library... You can still repeat states, it. I won't get the point. I heard you. I just want to clarify. Yeah. Do you think that couples should be stoned if they are adulterous? See, I, I, don't, I don't see how that, school, that question is relevant at all... Because you, because you are... School. You no, are the governor of a primary school. I, okay, so the issue really now here is about... Is 
beliefs, but freedom of belief. Do no. I have the right to believe that uh, uh, a Muslim should judge by, by the Quran? In an Islamic state, we're living here in Britain. We are not teaching this to Do our you, children. Mr. This, this, okay, is, well, this, is, this is the point I'm getting to. If you'll answer and the question... And if you were to go to an Orthodox, Mr. School, Latif, an Orthodox Christian school, you'd Mr. find Latif, similar teachings in their books. Mr. Latif, children do not Mr. Latif, Mr. Latif, Mr. Latif, we'll get to yes. the point as to whether it's appropriate to teach it in schools or not. I'm just trying to clarify your position. I don't know why you're getting so upset. Do you think it's appropriate? Very simple yes or no answer. Do you think it's appropriate to stone couples uh, who are who are adulterous? Well, that's the teachings of Islam. So you, the you, you think that's it, right? That's okay. my belief. That's my belief. And yes. you teach Islam in the school, obviously, don't you? I, I don't personally teach it. No, no but, but we, the have, school, we, have a, we have a curriculum. You, you get the point. So primary school children are being taught it's appropriate to stone couples if they are adulterous. Do you no, think that's not, appropriate? That's all. They're not taught that at all. But they're taught the teachings. You ask me a question about my belief, and I told you my belief. They are taught taught the teachings. They are taught the teachings of Islam. Well, the teachings of Islam are vast. Yeah, and they are not. So they're not taught. They're They're, not. It's selective. It's selective. What's taught to them. We, we teach them the basic... Um, what, what, you know, okay, so you select what you teach them. Okay. Of course, yeah, we teach them um, okay. the basic pillars of the religion. But okay. we have another book which Ofsted failed to point out um, that also contains stoning to death for 18 different crimes. Now, the Ofsted did not object to the presence of that book, and the reason being is that book's the Bible. It mentions in the Bible okay, that 18 so, different crimes okay. should be stoned to death. Now, but the question I think, is, no, but should, schools, should schools remove the Bible... But Mr. Latif, I don't think that many Christians these days would stand by that that ruling. We, we, uh, we've we've realised that it's a bit be a silly. There'd be a number of Orthodox Jews and Christians who would stand by. But I don't think there's that many. I don't no, think there's would. that many. I mean, you, you've I would got, be very you've got Uganda and Nigeria, both. Um, okay, we're, we're not, but we're not in Uganda or Nigeria. No, 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 so should the Bible be removed from the from those school libraries? Given that it mentions stoning for adultery, for blasphemy, but for sodomy, for all this crime, do you believe that the Bible should be removed? You still think that couples should be stoned for adulterous behaviour? I would I would suggest and I would suspect that most Christian, most Jewish schools Still issue now. You're making issue my personal beliefs, which I have a right to believe. The issue is you're off dead inspection to the presence of a book. Okay. So I'm so why did they not object to the presence of the Bible in our library? Okay, we, we, we're going round in circles. Uh, what, well, what, no, no, but you're not answering. You're not answering the question. There's a no, I, I'm trying to answer, Mr. Yes, Latif, okay, I'm trying okay to answer to the, the question, Bible. but you won't stop talking. Right, you, you're, you're questioning <sighs> me about my beliefs. I'm talking about the Ofsted inspection. Go ahead. So, what, in, in summary, you think this is a, a, a right-wing government attack on Islam itself? Uh, against, against Muslim schools, yeah. By someone, yeah. Michael Gove is a self-declared racist. When is, hang on, when has Michael Gove come out and said, hello, my name's Michael Gove, I'm a racist? When has he said well, that? OK, he has said, well, he, he said that... Well, hang on, I, you just said he's a self-declared racist. When did he yeah. say that? Okay, he said in the Jewish Chronicle, I was born a Zionist, I live a Zionist, and I'll die a Zionist. And the United Nations Resolution 3379 defines Zionism as racism. And, and so, therefore, he's a racist. Zionism is, is a racist ideology that gives the Jewish people exclusive rights to Palestinian in land, your, and at the same time, denying opinion, their rights to live there. In your opinion? Well, you know, no, in the opinion of the United Nations. The United Nations has declared Zionism to be racist, racism, Resolution 3379. And Michael Gove is a self-declared Zionist and a racist. OK. Thanks very much for your time, Farisat. I appreciate Thank it. No, no doubt we'll speak again at some point. That, uh, let's just get that gentleman's title absolutely correct. That's uh, Farisat Latif, who's the uh, Chair of Governors at the Olive Tree School. Uh, Justin Dealey! 
Oh, no, hang on a minute. You're, you're Paul Scoynes. You're Justin Dealey. Morning, boss. Hello, fella. Wow, that was interesting. We're having a, a feisty show today, aren't we? Yeah, it's got uh, very angry, hasn't it? Yeah, it's got a little bit angry. Yes. Is it going to get angrier with you? Uh, yes, I think so. Oh, no, please. <laughs> it's going to be a fun Friday. Yes, um, you've been talking about voting this morning. This, yes. um, this idea that you've got anybody who's uh, 85 plus, that they should not be allowed to vote. Um, that's your new idea for this morning. <laughs> for this morning, yes. <laughs> yes uh, Ian, I'm live in Wendover, uh, in Bucks, the home of our big tour. I've been here for, what, the last hour and a half or so, and I've been putting your idea to the people here in Wendover. I bet they love it. It's, it's got quite feisty. Oh. Here's what happened. Now, Reg, you're 82 years old. Yeah. What do you think about Ian's comments this morning? You shouldn't be voting once you hit the age of 85. I, I think he's wrong. Everyone should vote till they die. Yeah, you know, Every single person? Yeah. I voted all the while since I was 18. I voted up till today, right? When yeah. if somebody said to you, sorry, sir, I know you voted all your life, but you can't vote anymore, how do you think that might make you feel? Well, it, it wouldn't it won't worry me. Oh, so you're not that bothered after all, then? No. Uh, it wouldn't worry me, because I probably had my vote anyway. Ah, this, this is quite interesting. Yeah. So you, you said originally you think Ian's comments are wrong, yeah. but now but by now, what you just said yeah. there, you're saying, well, in actual fact, he might be right. Well, yeah, uh, on a pint, yeah. But if you voted all your life from your 18, why not finish it off before you die? Robert, uh, Ian back in the studio. Um, he's saying that anybody 85 plus, they shouldn't be allowed to vote. What do you think about that? I think it's an outrageous suggestion. I can't think where it comes from. Well, he's, all he's saying is that, that Who younger... Who is he? Who is this youth? Uh, Ian Lee. Who's Ian Lee? He's our presenter back in the studio. He's just won Breakfast Show of the Year at the Radio Academy Awards. He should be sacked. Why should he be sacked? For making an outrageous proposal. Well, well tell us why it's so outrageous. Because it's ageist and sexist and outrageous in all the, in all the senses that are quite obvious to you. I, I can't imagine why you're asking the question. Well, all he's saying is... So don't go on. I've said my piece is outrageous and it shouldn't be discussed. Can I just make one final point? No, I've finished. OK, thank you very much indeed. Gosh. Mm. I mean, I don't, there's nothing sexy about it. No. <laughs> I don't know what's going on about there. So uh, clearly, um, the idea hasn't gone down too well with some people in uh, in lovely Wendover this morning. Justin, you're a very, very brave man. Thank you very much. It's eight forty-five. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Luton, we're seeing long delays at the moment on Dunstable Road in both directions between Skimpot Road and Junction 11 for the M1. There was an accident a little earlier on causing long delays. At the moment, police are on the scene directing traffic. On the M25, heading clockwise, one lane's closed. That's between Junction 23, the A1M, and Junction 24 for Potter's Bar. That's because of a broken-down vehicle. Looking still on the Barnet Bypass, heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus, and also looking rather heavy on the A41 at the moment at Grendon Road. So far on the trains, no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. That very good, that were Nicola. Take 46, it's Friday the 23rd of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The UK Independence Party has made major gains in local elections with over 80 new councillors, including one in Broxport in Hertfordshire. Train company First Capital Connect has lost the contract to run services from Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire into London. The government has awarded the new contract for the Thameslink and Great Northern routes to Govia. And an independent Muslim school in Luton has been criticised by Ofsted inspectors for promoting fundamentalist Islamic beliefs. 
Coming up, we will find out what the top exciting announcement was in Milton Keynes at 8.30 with Paul Scoynes. But before that, let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there, we've got some sunny spells around. Showers too, fairly light to start off with, but come this afternoon they're going to be pretty heavy, quite sharp as well. So today we've got temperatures reaching about 17 or 18 degrees Celsius, but if you do escape those showers and you're in a sunny spot, you may find they get a touch above that. Now the showers continue in places tonight. We've got temperatures down to about 10 or 11 degrees Celsius and then a very wet day to come tomorrow. So we've got showery outbreaks of rain from the start. They continue all the way through until the evening when they start to clear to the west. We will have some dry spells in between through during the day but uh, generally speaking it's going to be a very damp day tomorrow and uh, quite a bit cooler as well. Temperatures only getting to about 15 or 16 degrees Celsius. Now it does improve through the weekend so uh, Sunday starts off cloudy without breaks of rain but becomes brighter with sunny spells later and Monday's looking like a day of sunshine and showers but Tuesday looks like it'll become windy. That's your latest forecast. Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... Why did Wet 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 break up? You know, it, it surprised me that it, that it lasted so long, but I think there's always going to be something that trips you up. Great guests. A Milton Keynes charity is celebrating its fifth anniversary after changing many young people's lives. Great music. This is the drifters kissing in the back row of the movies. Hello to Adam, who has messaged me, so I'm playing some great tunes today. Great conversations. I'm in the library in Houghton Regis as part of our big tour. A lot of Houghton Regis was mainly 18. 19th century. There was a big fire in the 1600s which burnt the village out. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number. Well, local election results have been trickling in overnight and there has been a, a big announcement within the last 18 minutes in Milton Keynes. Paul Scoynes, where are you and what's going on? I'm on the balcony at uh, Arena MK, which is the, uh, the sort of uh, concert hall venue which is bolted onto the side of Stadium MK, where the counting for the Milton Keynes election is taking place. All uh, of the seats are up for election. In fact, there's an extra six because of a boundary review. And the man who was overseeing the council throughout all of this process uh, is Andrew Geary, the Conservative leader of the council. Andrew, you've just made a press announcement. Just tell us what's happened. Paul, I announced to them that the press and the world at large this morning, or Milton Keynes at large at any rate, um, the news that I announced to my own group 12 months ago, and which I confirmed with them at the end of March, that at our annual meeting this evening, at the conclusion of the count, if I'm still fortunate enough to be a councillor and I haven't been swept away in the UKIP tide that's dealt with one or two other leaders, um, that I would not be seeking the leadership of the Conservative group and therefore that on the 11th of June, when we have our annual council meeting, Milton Keynes will have a new leader, whatever the result of the election today. If you were always planning to do this, why didn't you do this before the election? Because we... Um, appoint a leader at the annual council meeting and the Conservative group appoints a leader at its annual meeting. This is the time when things change um, and it was right that I made the announcement now. I didn't want it to affect the election. There's no need that it should affect the election. Um, people vote for me in my own ward but they're not voting for me or my team across the city. They're voting for a good Conservative administration. That's what we've had and if we're lucky enough to be the largest party today that's what will continue. But wouldn't you say that actually people do vote for you as a leader because you've been the face of the campaign, you've done all the campaigning on the television and on the radio and in the press and the papers. Uh, people associate you as being the leader of the party. Do you not feel that they might feel a little bit, I don't know, hard, not hard done by, but perhaps the, 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 
they were expecting something and now you've taken the rug underneath them. Oh, Paul, you're too flattering. You, uh, you, you spent the last few years giving me a good grilling and a good hiding for what I've done and challenging me. That's absolutely fine. That's what the media do. Um, no, I might be the face of the party because I'm its leader but that doesn't mean that there aren't other people who will lead equally as well or better than I've done. Um, I don't think it matters who is leader, the leader gives the messages. That's been my job. It's a job that I've done to the best of my ability that I've thoroughly enjoyed, but it's now time to hand it on. If David Cameron was elected next year and, and then the next day after the, uh, before the votes have even been counted, it decided to, to step down, people would feel a bit aggrieved, wouldn't they? Feel like they'd voted for somebody who then, you know, didn't turn out to be what they thought they were. No, I mean, your talk is slightly differently with Prime Ministers um, and you only have an election once every five years, don't you, for Westminster? You have an election every year here in Milton Keynes. Um, you know, yes, perhaps I could have stood down last year in the one year that we didn't have elections. Um, I didn't. I told the group then that they would be looking for a new leader in 12 months time. It's been a fantastic eight years leading the Conservatives and three years leading the Council. Um, and it is an old adage I know, but it is absolutely the truth. My farm and my family have got to come first. My father is 71. He's held the fort brilliantly while I've done this job. Um, but he'd like to spend a bit more time watching cricket, and I think at 71 he's probably entitled to do so. My wife would like to pick her career up again. After 10 years of putting it on hold for us to have a family and then latterly for me to, you know, do what I've done, um, I owe an awful lot to them, but I, I owe it to them now to go back and concentrate on what was always in the life plan to do. And who's going to take over? Well, now there's a leading question. Um, that's because clearly the Conservative group's... Um, decision they will decide on that tonight not who would you like it to be who would i like it to be i don't think i've ever made a secret that if i had my way and my choice but i don't it is the group's job then uh, my endorsement clearly goes to councillor edith bald ian uh, what people sometimes don't know is that andrew is a is a farmer he's got a, a is a sheep uh, sheep. sheep farmer and cattle up in up in the north of milton Keynes. he's i think one of the uh, the biggest council led by a farmer as far as i understand Paul, so, i was um, just i was just wondering if mr geary knew a year ago he was going to stand down why wasn't that announced to the, to the general public by the way in 12 months i'm going and it's going to coincide with the with the elections because you never end up wanting to be a lamed up leader. It's as simple as that. You are the leader until you're not the leader, and, and that's, that's how it is. Well, then why um, couldn't you step down a year ago? I'm just confused by that. I, I could have stood down a year ago. The group graciously asked me to stay on um, for another year, and I, and, and I accepted that. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm, I've had a fantastic eight years, three years as leader of the council, but this is the right time, not just for me, but I think for the Conservative group, and for the council as well. Do you not, final question for me, Mr. Gray, do, do, do you not feel that you have let voters down uh, and, and perhaps misled them in some way by stepping down the day after the, the, the election? That they're not, no, not a, they're not no, getting not quite all. what they voted for, are they? They're getting, a, they're getting exactly what they voted. Well, we don't know how they voted yet, so let's not be... But, but assuming they have returned a largest um, Conservative group on Milton Keynes Council, they've got exactly what they voted for. They voted for a good Conservative group and a good Conservative administration. It doesn't matter who's leading it. Uh, Paul, would you concur? It doesn't matter who's leading it? Well, I mean, some people might feel, you know, that, that, you know, Andrew being the face of the party for so long, they were expecting something one way or the other. I suppose, ultimately, you know, politics is always about continuity, isn't it? You do, you're always going to get a leader of a party. It might not be the same person. Generally, you vote for a Conservative, you probably expect to get a certain type of policy, the same with uh, Labour and so on. I mean, absolutely, there is no guarantee that, uh, that there will be a Conservative council here in, uh, in, in a little over uh, 10 hours or so, because... Um, Paul, so I was about to ask, what, what does the rest of the day hold? What, what results will we find out throughout the day and, and when do we expect to get them? 
Well, they're just about to start counting in about five minutes' time, and, uh, and, and we'll hopefully start getting some of the results around three, four o'clock this afternoon. Um, my understanding is it's been very tight. It's been extremely close, and uh, the, the, the council is currently in no overall control. There's no one party that has a full uh, share of the vote, uh, and, and I, I believe that that may still be the case when we, when we finish our broadcasting here today at uh, Stadium MK at around 7 o'clock. So I, I think it will be close. We may see gains for UKIP here. Uh, there, there, there has been a strong showing, apparently, in certain parts of Milton Keynes, particularly in parts of Bletchley, uh, where we understand they, they've done reasonably well. Uh, although I had a, 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 a sort of Twitter conversation uh, with a, a sort of current Twitter, a current UKIP councillor in Milton Keynes who defected from the Conservatives uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, the hint was that uh, perhaps he hadn't done so well in his ward, but they had done well in other places so whether or not they, they have a councillor at the end of it it, may, it would still be the first UKIP councillor to be elected to Milton Keynes Council regardless of, what, of how many go in. Paul good work thank you very much indeed you'll be able to get up, updates throughout uh, the day here on BBC Three Counties Radio and uh, if you uh, tune into Roberto a little bit later on uh, he'll be giving out results as they happen. Uh, as a text here Ian Stoning is in the Bible too but either way this, and I, I, I'm, this, I find, I'm, I'm a little bit confused by this text so if I say it out loud maybe it'll make more sense to me Stoning is in the Bible too. But either way, the school in question is the same school that asked Ofsted inspectors to leave after asking nine-year-olds about homosexuality. It seems more of a case of you kicked us out, so we are getting back at you. And no, I'm not a Muslim, and my bisexual daughter was stoned in the UK by non-Muslims in a non-Muslim school when she came out. So it isn't just Muslims that think like that. I'm confused by... I'm confused... Would anyone really... Stone someone for coming out in a school? Really? Does that happen? Maybe I'm being naive. I'm surprised if... uh, I'm surprised if it does. Very surprised uh, if it does. Uh, Jonathan Vernon-Smith will be talking about the elections uh, uh, at nine o'clock. He'll be um, asking about are you uh, happy or disappointed with uh, the uh, UKIP vote, the way it went for UKIP. There's been a big rise in the number of votes for UKIP. Um, but are you pleased, uh, or are you... Di- I'm trying to get the exact question. Look, here it is on my screen, look. Are you pleased or disappointed that UKIP did so well in the local elections? There we go. We, we got it in the end. This is, that, that's his art, is, is holding the question down. Uh, m- mine would just be a big rambling paragraph of... Uh, you can start calling for him now, if you want. 08459 double five is the uh, uh, telephone number. He'll be discussing that. Also, just a quick reminder... Uh, that if you want to get in touch with a story that you think uh, we should be doing on the show, you should send, send us a cheeky email. When I say cheeky, I don't mean rude. I don't mean a rude photo or anything like that. Although, if you want, hey, you know what. Uh, you can send me an email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. And I spell Ian correctly, of course, I-A-I-N dot L-E-E at bbc.co.uk. And it can be a huge thing that affects your whole, uh, the whole country or your whole county, or it can be a tiny thing that affects your bedroom. I don't know what that would be, but it could be something like that. And don't forget as well, a brand new podcast uh, goes up this uh, afternoon at some point on the BBC Three Counties website. Kelly, I can't remember any of the stuff that was in it, but I know that it was good stuff. Brilliant stuff. Well, I was hoping you'd give uh, an example. We had Dennis. Oh, uh, we what, had uh, yeah. Ken trying to give his poem. Mm, let, 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 was there any good stuff in it? Um, your argument with someone. Oh, yeah, that was good. I enjoyed that. And on Monday, Bank Holiday Monday... Yeah, it's me again. I'll probably bring some records in. We'll play some records, shall we? Yeah, why not? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
in Luton seeing long delays at the moment. Now there was an accident earlier on Dunstable Road in both directions between Skimport Road and Junction 11 for the M1 so it's looking rather busy in the area. In St Albans rather heavy moving on Hatfield Road at Catherine Street. All approaches to the roundabout looking very slow on camera. And taking a look at the A41 that's looking heavy heading eastbound between the Hemel Hempstead turn off and also Junction 20 for the M25. The M25 itself heading clockwise there's a lane closed that's between Junction 23 the A1M and Junction 24 for Potter's Bar due to a broken down vehicle. So far no reported problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much. Have a nice weekend. Oh, the weekend is starting. How exciting is that? Oh, hang on. Oh, yeah, I'm working all weekend. Never mind, never mind. Thank you, lots of calls this morning. It was spicy. Thank you, Tara, for stepping in at the last minute. She didn't know she was producing until about four o'clock yesterday afternoon. What a silly sausage. See you on Monday. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday, it's nine o'clock, and on today's big phone-in... Are you pleased or disappointed that UKIP did so well in the local elections? Support for UKIP has surged in the local elections in England, with the party taking around 